0: And now, some wisdom, courtesy of Tungus, AMPM's lovable giant made of snacks.
1: People say slow and steady win race. Tungus not agree. Slow bad. Fast, good. High-voltage coffee help Tungus do everything fast. Ah. Tungus brain feel like lightning. Tungus read fine print faster than legal guy. Caffeine
2: up. It's high voltage fast at a.m. p.m. Too much good stuff. Solution: may make vary by, by location, location, location. Limited, limited time, time off offer while off supplies, supplies, supplies
1: last. Tungus win. Block Talk Radio.
2: Good morning, listeners. You've reached the Voices of the Cannabis Wars radio show where our mission is to get the voices out there straight from the front lines of the news of the Cannabis War. Today's show is brought to you by volunteers. Uh, Mindy Griffiths is the producer. Uh, Eugene Fisher is a host who spent 25 years of a life sentence. I am Kristen Flohr. My father, he died in federal custody shackled to a bed, and I don't think anybody else should have to do that. So we get together every single week, and we bring you uh, other people who have been hurt or um, put through hell because of the war. Um, this, this this show is brought to you um, sponsored by CCHI Radio, who they are an initiative trying to free prisoners. Um, they have an initiative in, in California that's trying to free prisoners, so check out CCHI. We also have another volunteer, Becca, who joins us um, every other week or so to help screen phone calls, and none of us get paid. This is strictly volunteer, so... On um, this show, we've got a huge show, like one of the uh, probably our biggest shows planned for you ever, um, as Eugene Fisher's got a few of his prison friends joining him, some of his friends who served life sentences for cannabis who's just been recently released. We also have some other people joining us who've been in prison. Um, first, we're going to hear from, a little bit from from Eugene, and then we're going to hear from his business partner, Randy Lanier, is is co-conspirator. Um, he's going to tell us what he's been going doing since he's been released after 27 years for cannabis. Uh, Randy is a race car driver who was sentenced to life without parole, and he's got some amazing things happening in his life you don't want to miss. Then at 9.30, we're going to talk to Craig Cecil, who served 13 years of his life sentence, and he's still in prison, and he's going to risk going on lockdown to call into our show today so that he can get his voice heard. Um, After that, at 1045, we're going to hear hear from George Monterano, who is also one of Eugene's bestest friends in the whole wide world. He's going to be coming on the show. Um, He was just recently released from federal custody after serving 33 years of a life sentence for cannabis. Um, We're going to find out what he's been up to since his sentence. Um, We hear from him every week, but this week we're going to focus on um, what he's up to. And then at 10 o'clock, we're going to hear from Billy Deagle. Billy Deko is also one of Eugene's friends. Um, Billy was freed after 26 years of his life sentence. Uh, Billy is a hero to our nation as um, he spent time in the Marines, and he is also a pilot. Um, and Billy, what's, what's uh, epic about Billy is that he was just recently freed by President Obama. And next, at, at, at 1020, after we talked to Billy, we're going to talk to Chad Latham. Um, Billy and Chad have a few things in common because Chad was also freed by President Obama after his 11th year of his prison incarceration for conspiracy to manufacture uh, marijuana. Um, and then after Billy, we're at 1040, we're going to talk to the, one of the most sweetest women you'll ever hear in your life. Her name is Irma Alred, and Irma just recently was released out of her 30-year sentence after 21 years. Um, She's been out for, I don't know, about six months or so, and we're going to talk to her about what she's been up to since she's been released and what freedom feels like. Um, This show is expected to go into overtime, Um, but about 11, we're going to hear from Tom Corby from Northern California Chapter Update um, um, regarding his group that he's part of, the Human Solution, and all the defendants and plant prisoners that he helps in Northern California. Um, We might hear from Stephanie Landa, who... It's also an ex POW who has a group called um, uh, Freedom Grow. You can um, load commissary money there. So check out her website, freedomgrow.org. And um, if we don't hear from Stephanie, it's because she's visiting her son in prison, who is also in prison for the plant. So that's the lineup for today's show. Now I'm going to introduce the other co host, the other host of the show. Um, This is Eugene Fisher. Good morning, Eugene.
3: Good morning. Hey, good morning, Christian. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, Mindy. Uh, yeah, uh, the show. The topic of the show today is real dear to my heart: uh, freedom and what happens when you get out of prison. Um, you have to pinch yourself a little bit when you get out. You're not sure about what's if it's real, and. Uh, all I can tell you is, it's so sweet to not have to listen to people tell you what to do and when. You, to stand up counts, to lockdowns, uh, to prison food, and all of that. And um, I've been out uh, going on. Uh, this is my end of my third year, I'm going on my fourth year, and um, well, it's. I'm back with reunite, reunited with my family. I've got myself a little place in little condo in uh Tamarack, Florida, which is right by Fort Lauderdale. Uh I've got myself two cars. That's big big achievement. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I, I have credit. And so on, and I I came out broke, and uh, I've done different business deals, and of course I work with uh, in in advocacy, the advocacy work. Uh, My primary primary thrust there is with uh, uh, Christian and and Mindy, uh, and our radio show, and what we're doing to free prisoners. Um, I have a lot of friends still in prison, and I take take calls, and I try to help them every way I can. And we're working at trying to get a lot of them released. So, um I, I kinda look at this uh, Christian as uh life after death. Uh which it, is,
4: right. oh, okay. yeah. which
3: it is. You know, you're you're they tell you you're not you're gonna you're not gonna get out. You're gonna you're gonna die in prison. And then you're released. Some miracle happens and you're released. And okay. You know, they're miracles, whatever whatever happens, to get you out. Right. And uh, um, you're
2: not on probation anymore. So you're completely
3: placed. They didn't put me on probation. They were so anxious to get me out of prison because of the lawsuit I had against them, which I would have won in court uh that they kind of literally threw me out uh and they didn't even calculate the time i did it properly so they threw me out saying that i had served eight more years than i should have based on the, the judge's order uh well eugene yes while,
2: while you were in prison um you met some amazing friends that are going to be joining us in the later on in the show um, but one of your biz- one of your partners in crime, um, Randy Lanier, who is still on probation, is going to be our first guest today, and he is on the line. Um, do you want to bring Randy on now?
4: Yeah, let's
3: bring Randy on. Randy is an amazing yeah. person. He's my friend and partner, and he's an amazing guy. And Randy, good morning.
2: Hold on, I'm I'm doing it right now. And also, Randy was a race car champion. Uh, before he went to prison, so let's yeah, yeah let's, let's find him, out let what Randy's. We, let him know that story. He's, on right now, Eugene. he's on. He's on right now, Eugene.
3: Okay. Good morning, Randy. You're on the air.
2: Thank
5: you, Eugene. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Randy.
3: Randy. We want to know how it feels. I just told him uh, it's it's like the resur- resurrection from the dead, getting out of prison when you have a life sentence. How do you feel? Now that you're out and free, even though you're still on
5: probation, how does it feel? It's it's an extraordinary feeling every day you wake up, uh, able to do things that you aren't able to do in prison, Uh, not having the things hanging over your head and the pressure from the, all the things that go along with being confined, uh, incarcerated. So I feel excellent, Gene. My life is just uh, wonderful. Uh, Every day I give thanks and much gratitude. Uh, Just uh, everything is excellent, and I'm enjoying life.
3: I understand you're you're granddaddy now with uh, uh, two twins.
5: Yes. uh, I've been out now for a year and a half, six months. My first six months was at a halfway house, and the last year has been – I found an apartment in Fort Lauderdale. lived on the beach for about six months. My son, since I've been out, a lot has happened in the last year and a half. My son has had uh, two twin uh, baby boys. They're seven months old now, so I'm a first-time grandfather to two two twin boys, which is an amazing thing, really a blessing. Um, In that time, I've I've been able to get in a couple of race cars. I've driven for a BMW team, driven for a Porsche team. I've um, I started out. I got a job uh, as a gate attendant at a mall and flea market place called a swap shop. Became a manager, driven for Uber, uh, and also in that time I've uh, had a I got a reality TV show going. We filmed a pilot about yeah. two weeks ago, and that that'll be uh, on air in July on Apple TV. So a lot's going on in my life, and I'm just uh, loving life.
2: How long have you been out, Randy?
5: I've been out, well, I I was at a halfway house for six six months, so uh, I was released from the halfway house about uh,
2: 14 months ago. Congratulations. A reality TV show and your family, what would you say you enjoy the most about your freedom? well
5: being able to see my children and my loved ones and uh just experiencing the life out here with the freedom is just an awesome feeling being able to do things without having to answer to anyone about it and about uh just just the whole thing of freedom is it, we take for granted until we lose it and we really once i once you do go through the experiences that gene and i and many of the people have been through incarceration you really feel what freedom is about and it's it's a blessing it really is to be able to to go where you would like to go uh, the selections of the stores you get to have it's an amazing thing and i and i it's an experience every day i wake up and give gratitude for being alive and to be able to have my whole life in front of me again.
3: Randy, um, can you tell us a little bit about the reality show? Can you tell the listeners?
5: Yeah. Uh, uh, said, what, yeah is, we, what is it going to show? Okay. we got a show. I've got a, a show. Uh, it's called Back on Track. And it's about me uh, integrating into society, after being away for 27 years in max security penitentiaries. And uh, my back on track show is about me integrating society and getting into race cars. And uh, I hopefully I'll be able to try to maybe do a professional race again by the end of the year. I have been testing for a Porsche team uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago, so they filmed all that. And it's going to be uh, quite an adventure. I think it's going to be very interesting. So it airs in July on Apple TV and Internet TV. And hopefully they'll order more episodes. We just initially have filmed the pilot series. um, So it's going to be a a half an hour show. And uh, hopefully uh, the public will like it and uh, Apple will order more episodes.
3: Wow. Wow. You're actually racing cars in this show?
5: Well, I will be. Uh, the Pilot Series show, I've tested for a Porsche team, and uh, that went quite well. I, uh, at Miami Homestead Speedway, uh, quite two full days of uh, driving what's called a 997 Porsche second-generation race car. The technology has changed quite a bit from the days I that I drove indie cars and sports cars, and um, so I, I, uh, I've got a, a, a large learning curve, but I adopted pretty fast, and um, it went quite well, so uh, it's going to be quite interesting, the show, uh, from uh, uh, professional race cars to grassroots racing, the different types of characters that are involved in building race cars and so forth, and just uh, integrating into society again after being away uh, for three decades.
3: So you you are out there with these uh, some of them much younger drivers and so on. Do you find uh, the time that you are away from the track uh, has done anything to, uh, to your reflexes? Are you are you um, able to to maintain uh, the same speed and rhythms as as these younger drivers?
5: Well, at first it yeah. took me a little bit to get comfortable, Gene. Uh, after my second day uh, of in, in the Porsche, I felt comfortable, and I uh, was starting to do laps just as, uh, as good as uh, some of the younger guys. So I'm quite confident that um, I'll be able to hold my arm uh, on the racetrack. Um, you know, I, I'm 61 years old, but I feel like I'm 31. So I think uh, maybe the three decades in prison kind of preserved me a little bit. Uh, the yoga may have something to do with it, too.
4: Okay. So, well, Randy,
2: I have a question for you, Randy. Three decades, three decades ago, the world was a lot different, and you came out to cell phones and computers and all kinds of different stuff. How have you adjusted to new technology? And do you miss um, the way things were, or do you? How do you feel about the way things are now?
5: Well, first of all, the answer I did, no, I do not miss the way things are. Uh, you know things change in life and uh i came out uh the phones talked to you when i went in the internet didn't even exist <laughs> so yeah. we had we had handheld phones but they were the more the roller 2000 or uh brick phones they would call them quite large phones and they didn't have no digital readouts they didn't talk to you and the technology now is an amazing thing it's taken the uh a uh, minute here to get used to it. I'm still adjusting to for trying to figure out how these phones. I, I haven't really grasped all the capabilities of the phones, but uh, I'm learning, <laughs> and uh, it's it's an amazing thing. Especially the GPSs uh, that they, they talk to you and give you directions <laughs> on the phone. I kind of like it.
2: So. Um, oh, and you were a Uber Uber driver, so that I'm was an probably... Uber driver. So y- yeah, I'm an Uber driver. So
5: it, well, I <laughs> so you can really see.
2: You've been really just seeing the world with the the Uber driving. I'm sure.
5: Well, with the Uber driving, yes, I get to meet uh, a lot of people, uh, socially interact, uh, which is uh, after 27 years of being incarcerated. Uh, I think it probably does something to uh, to you a little mentally, socially. You maybe lose a little social skills or something. But uh, being able to Uber drive and meet different people, meet different types of characters and stuff, kind of enjoyable. And the uh, technology with the phone, with the GPS and stuff, helps me navigate the, the uh, landscapes around here in Fort Lauderdale in Miami and uh, gets me to see a lot of different places and stuff. So uh, I'm kind of enjoying it quite a bit.
3: Wow. Randy, how does it feel as far as the people that we left behind in prison? How, what's your, give us some thoughts on that
5: yeah that is kind of gene uh a hollow feeling it it's um it grabs you in the heart really deep uh when you go back and you, when you just think about the your comrades or your friends that you've uh gotten close to and as you know gene uh unfortunately uh in the max security penitentiaries you have to pick your friends uh You have to be very careful with who you pick and who you socialize with Uh, You have acquaintances in there, of course But um, you also, the circle of your friends Show me your circle of your friends and I'll show you who you are So uh, with that said, I was very careful throughout my uh, three decades In the penitentiary of who I chose to socialize with And the people that I did choose to socialize with, I became very close with And they're all very good, solid men that you kind of hate to leave behind, but yet you you really love to bring them out and and help them gain that freedom because uh, experiencing what we're experiencing, Gene, you you wish that uh, all your friends could experience what you're experiencing and uh, get away from the life of being incarcerated with the noose around your neck every day with the guards and so forth and all of the accountability and the stuff that goes along with incarceration, uh, you wish it upon no person uh, for real. I mean, some of the people that are in the maximum security penitentiaries, I would have to say truthfully, they maybe de- deserve to be there. But a majority, especially marijuana lifers, everyone I met, does not deserve to be there. They uh, are all nonviolent people. Uh, they're just wonderful people who got caught up in the cultural things of marijuana lifestyle and so forth. And it doesn't call for a life sentence at all. It's totally cool and unusual punishment. And uh, the feeling that they're left behind is a bad feeling. And uh, I think it's a great thing that what you guys are doing, and I'd like to be part of all, all of that, of helping people get their freedom through abolishing life sentences for marijuana, which is a great start. They shouldn't even be on the books. So it's a sincere, heartfelt feeling, Gene, knowing that there's other people in prison serving long, lengthy sentences for marijuana. It's, uh, it's very sad.
3: Uh, two of the uh, two of the guys we did time with, Randy, are coming on today uh, uh, to speak. They've got their freedom like you and I have. George Fontarano and Billy Deakle. Uh, can you give us any comments about those two guys?
5: Very outstanding men, uh, both of them. They stand up from a crowd. They're uh, gentlemen of the first degree. Uh, pleasure to meet both of them. Uh, while I was incarcerated, we became very close, both of us. Uh, I lived in a unit with George in Coleman, Florida, for a few years. And a very great guy. Loved his friendship and glad I've met him. And hopefully, to see him someday out here to shake his hand and uh, say hello, <laughs> and along with uh, Billy Deacle. Uh, him and some other friends of mine, we would play uh, racquetball together out on the wreck yard. We would walk to yard rec yard every day and kick it. So, uh, very close to both of them men. I'm so glad and I'm so pleased and happy for them to be able to come out and join that family and share uh, the rest of their life out here with their loved ones and all the people that they'll get to know and just enjoy life. Uh, every moment that it is a blessing to be out here and, um, it's just just amazing the yeah, how much you really miss freedom when you realize what it's all about it's, it's uh it really gets you at your core that uh there's people still behind that' serving these lengthy sentences,
3: Randy. I got a personal question for I think our listeners would like to hear uh your 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 mom it must have been some experience. For her to see her son finally get free, can you give us any comments about 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 that?
5: Yes, I have an amazing mother. She uh, she's 88 years old now. God bless her, and uh, she's hung in there. And uh, my father passed away while I was in Leavenworth, and uh, so she was living in Florida alone. And now she's living with my sister up in Virginia. And the first day I got out, um, we drove from the prison right to my mother's house. And, of course, the first thing she wants to do is feed me the, uh, whatever whatever I want, steak and eggs and stuff. So, she, you know, mother's a mother. And she's just a wonderful, amazing woman. She's went through some things uh, recently with some cancer and stuff, and she's a survivor. So uh, God bless her. She's uh just you know and she uh the whole time I would call her about daily and um she hung on i think uh well she's not hanging on but she she was just telling me she wanted to live until she sees my 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 today i get out of out of prison and now it's Aww. just a, a a a true blessing and just so much happiness in the family and uh just a wonderful feeling and I was so happy that uh i have been blessed uh, to have her experience my freedom so uh just a great thing Jean thank you fasting
3: i I understand you have two wonderful children too that uh, 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 one is blessed you with grandchildren and another one is a uh, uh an international uh, water Key player. What can you tell us something
5: about well, you? Yeah, got, I'm blessed with two wonderful children who's never given uh, any of us uh, any problems at all. Uh, my son, uh, he, he lives here in Fort Lauderdale, and just recently had two grandbabies. Two, I mean, two sons, uh, two baby twin baby boys. They're seven months old, and we're just tickled to death. They're, it's so pleasing to see see these twin baby boys. Oh, God, it's just an amazing thing. My daughter, uh she lives out in Colorado, uh Abbott Rock climber, uh snowboarder, um, just recently made the masters under under in a sport sporting event called underwater hockey. They went to South Africa and she represented her team along with her, represented the United States in an international event and the United States finished sixth out of eighteen countries. So that was quite good. So uh just a great family. I, I'm very blessed.
2: So, you guys, I just, before we go any further, I just want to let you guys both know that we could have Craig Cecil, who's on his 13th year of his life sentence, calling in from prison. He calls every week. So, if you're cut off, Randy, it's because we got a call from Craig. But the call can come any time oh, between now and 930. So, I'm just letting you guys that's know. That's
5: fine. I, I understand that, especially getting on the <laughs> phones. Uh, you have to get in line. You have to wait for a phone that's available. And you have to take the phone that comes up available and once you call you only have fifteen minutes and that's it. So uh believe Randy, me, I, the, um, I understand that.
2: The people in the prison, um, the other inmates, they they let uh Craig cut in line because they know he calls into the show every week. So he gets he gets VIP services to call into our show. <laughs> oh very <laughs> um, very Randy, good. Um very just good. I just uh, wanna let you know, Randy, um you have touched my heart with everything you, you have said you and Eugene both. Um, I don't think anybody should have to go to jail or die for a plant and your friends that you guys have left behind in prison. You know, that's the whole idea of this radio show is to get our voices heard so people can understand where the rest of them are coming from. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you for sharing everything you shared with us today. It means a lot to our mm. movement. Well, thank you so
5: much for having me on. And the, the movement is, uh, really uh, a great thing. Um, I'd like to be part of it as much as I can. Um, I'm just amazing that in this day and time that they're still handing out lengthy sentences for marijuana. <laughs> it just blows my mind that the scientists, the doctors, the medical people have all determined all, a lot of the benefits that the CBDs have Uh, The extractions of the plants, the things that can go for epilepsy, uh, cancer patients, uh, glaucoma, uh, anxiety, depression. There's so many benefits that the plant has, but yet the federal government seems to uh, be kind of dragging their feet on just simple uh, research for post-traumatic syndrome, for example. And it's an amazing thing that the federal government will still give out winky sentences for marijuana issues. And it just uh, needs to be abolished. And uh, hopefully we'll see it here within several years, completely taken off the books and full legalization across the board in each and every state. Randy,
3: uh, <laughs> I have a, uh I have a quick question before we... Terminate, with because Craig will come, be coming on. In the interview, uh, They uh, uh, for our listeners' uh, knowledge, uh, Randy's people who are doing this show, reality show interviewed me as part of the show. And one of the questions they asked me was whether I felt uh, that I did something wrong. I was repentant of, of uh, being involved with the marijuana and, and so on. My answer was, I did not feel guilty of any crime for the marijuana accusation, but that, of course, I felt remorse for any pain I caused my family and my loved ones. And I'd I'd like to hear hear your reaction to that question.
5: Um, Thank you, Gene. I live my life with no regrets, Gene, As you know, we've discussed this before, and I have come to an understanding of remorse and regret. Mm -hmm. Uh, Regret is something when you do something that you dislike about yourself. I love myself. I'm very in tune with it, so I'm very happy with who I am, and yes, I do have remorse for the pain that I have and the suffering I've caused my family and loved ones um, that was the decisions that I've made that unfortunately uh, took me away from my family and loved ones but, and I do have remorse for that for missing out on their lives however as far as regret and I do feel that as a victim of crime, marijuana is, uh, is uh, not a crime that should be on the books at all we should have the freedom of choice to decide whether or not we partake in using it in whatever form. So um, hopefully uh, the federal government and all the states will come to the right decision and see that it's only beneficial for the society to be able to partake in it and make their own, own decisions about using it. And you see that they have things like alcohol and, pharmaceuticals and stuff that are pretty much across the board never ever uh criminalized and uh it's 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 legal uh cigarette smoking, tobacco, alcohol but yet marijuana is uh something that they will incarcerate a person and put them in a 7 by 10 foot cell for the rest of their life. It's totally ridiculous. So hopefully um They'll come and see that what needs to be changed is the laws, and uh, they'll come and do the right thing.
3: The question, when when we were uh, uh, doing our marijuana smuggling and distribution, was there any uh, feeling that it was a dangerous drug that we were bringing into the country and that we were hurting anybody? Any
5: people with... Oh, not, not at all, Gene. Not at all, Gene. I started smoking <laughs> marijuana when, when I was 14 years old. And what's, what was crazy is I'd already been smoking cigarettes at a young age. I threw the cigarettes out at 14, stopped smoking tobacco, and started smoking marijuana. So mm-hmm. I've been in my life, my whole life. It, it's, it's nothing to it as far as... Uh, As being a bad issue at all, I seen when we was bringing in the large loads. Of course, we it was a business aspect Mm -hmm. to us too. Uh, We was financially uh, making large sums of money out of it, and um, but no, I don't see it as being. I see it as being a victimless crime, Gene.
2: You guys, I have a quick question for you. You, um, First of all, I just want to mention it's 932, and usually Craig would have called in by now. So a few minutes, he's been a little late, so we still have a chance. Hopefully, I have, personally have not heard from him on Core Links, and neither has Mindy this week. So we're hoping Craig is not on lockdown and that he's okay, and we'll hear from him soon. But until then, I have a question for both of you guys. When you were smuggling it into the country, were either one of you guys nervous or scared that you are going to get caught?
4: Oh hell yeah!
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I,
3: yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah, I think, I think Randy, Randy, will, Randy will. say this: the, the level of apprehension when you're doing a You guys smuggle, keep talking.
2: Craig is, Craig is calling right now, but keep talking and um, keep talking okay, until well, I get him on. Okay, okay,
3: we'll 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 terminate on this point. But uh, Randy, don't you think the level of apprehension is as great as anything? That you might experience in life.
5: Yeah, it's uh, it gets your adrenaline flowing. That's for sure. We've had some uh, some great moments, Gene, <laughs> and uh, exciting moments, anxious moments, nervous moments, and scary moments. So it was all good.
4: All right, it you guys. Kind take of made us who have, we are, Gene. That's so. Perfect.
5: Thank you,
3: Randy, for coming good. up on the show.
5: Hey, Thank you for loving listeners you you about too. your wonderful life. Thank you. Thank love you, Randy. you, guys. Enjoy the rest love of the you day. Too. Happy Memorial. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial day. day. Okay. Bye. God bless.
2: All right, you guys. We're with. We're joined with Craig Cecil. Craig, it sounds like you have a really bad um, reception going on there, and we're talking today about um, life after prison. Um, and we're wondering what's going on in your life in prison right now. How are you?
0: I'm well. I'm well. I just got to, since I'm here in Terre Haute, Indiana, right up the street from Indianapolis, I just watched the announcement on TV that ladies and gentlemen start your engines. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, they, started the, they started the Indy 500, race.
2: Right? <laughs> well, that's amazing because we just had um, race car cars. Champion Randy Lanier on the on the show, who is incarcerated for cannabis for 27 years, um, who just got out and is is going back to racing cars.
0: Well, I have to presume Randy's watching.
3: Greg, <laughs> <laughs> hey, just just for your edification, Randy's 61 years old, and he's out there back. He's racing against kids again.
0: Excellent, excellent. That's what I want to hear <laughs>
2: um, So how are you How are you feeling about um, Life in prison? Um,
0: I know that, that That's a problem That some people are trying to get Some more attention you know in Washington D.C. and all that about As Gene can tell you um, We watch so many people Go home from prison Only to come back six or eight or nine months later because they've committed new crimes and and things of that nature. And I think a lot of that comes from a just a lack of planning and a lack of opportunity for, for many of the prisoners. And there's been a few steps in the right direction, but I think there needs to be a lot more support for the people that get out of prison.
6: Right, right.
2: Um, well, we've got... Um... We've got about seven guests lined up today for this, about six, four guests lined up today for the show. We just recently got out of prison um, after lengthy, lengthy, lengthy time. Um, we've got Billy Beekle, I don't know if you knew Billy Deco on prison, but he'll be joining us. Chad Lassman, I don't know if you know him. Um, and Irma, you don't know her because she's a female. But um, they're telling us what they've been doing since they got out. And I'm wondering, what are you going to do when you get out? What, what do you what do you want to do when you get out of prison?
0: Um, I, my goal at at this point is, I would probably go back to Chicago. I I can stay with my daughter. I can stay in several different places, and I've already got a tentative promise uh, to be put to work in a uh, an insurance agency. So I'd probably end up selling um, health and life insurance. <laughs> oh. So, uh, that, so you have
2: a done uh,
0: job lined up. <laughs> well, I'm hoping to, you know, as, as long as I find myself, you know, able to do well at that. But for the moment, that is my plan. And my plan at this point is to make plans so that, you know, uh, if or when I leave prison, that I can and will be successful. And I won't be like one of these people that, you know, I've seen people come back twice <laughs> where they've left prison, they They went home, they came back to serve another two or three years on a a violation, and then left and came back yet a third time. (laughs) So you don't see
2: yourself violating your probation?
0: No, I would... (laughs) (laughs) And again, that that comes from planning and that comes from, you know, just the will not to violate, not to come back to prison, you know. But sadly, a lot of the people that end up in prison... um, I see people in here that are 40 years old and they've never held a job in their life. Wow. You know, I mean, that's unfortunately fairly common. There's a lot of people that can't read or write. I'm sure Gene helped a lot of people, you know, read and write letters and all that because they just weren't able to do it. You know, we encounter those people all the time. And, you know, what kind of opportunity is that person, you know, have?
6: This call is from a federal prison.
0: When they're kicked out of a prison with no job skills, no money, no, you know, and unfortunately, too many of them with no plans and no drive.
3: Uh, Greg, so as a matter determined of fact, I won't
0: be that guy. Uh,
3: when I was uh, teaching in prison, uh, I was involved with adult illiteracy. These are adult men who, who can't read and write have never learned to read and write and, and there was a considerable amount of them. I'd say maybe as much as 15 to 20 percent of the prison population in that category.
0: And and that probably, you know, well, not probably. It, it for sure did uh, contribute to them getting the prison in the first place. And it hurts them, you know, when they get out of prison. I mean, that they're so limited in the different kind of jobs they can get and all that, you know, being illiterate and really having no knowledge of what it takes to be a good employee. I mean, the prison industries, uh, which is generally known as unicorn, that helps some. At least they have to get up every morning and go to work here in the prison factory. So to some of those people, it gives them exposure to having a job. But unfortunately, the... The rules in a real business and the rules in a Unicor vary pretty pretty extensively. But it is it is a good program. It does give people, you know, at least some background and some experience at going to work every day, especially amongst the people who have never had a job.
3: I, I understand and I agree with you. I worked for Unicor for five years, and but I found that equipment and techniques used in Unicor are so obsolete. They're not third world, they fourth, fourth world. Uh, what's, your, what's your comment
0: on that? Greg? That is true. That is true. Unicor is so out of date. and Especially, you ought to see the one here, which was, the building was built in 1937, and it hasn't been updated. <laughs> so, to say it's a bit out of date... Well, <laughs> Which which is one thing I I just realized recently That this prison opened in 1937 The same year that they made marijuana illegal
4: (laughs) Wow
2: Oh my (laughs) god That is not a coincidence That is not a
0: coincidence (laughs) there's, There's something there Wow So when they actually built this prison, the uh, marijuana was illegal. Or it was legal. I mean, people could legally possess it. (laughs)
4: Wow.
2: That's wild.
0: But around here, the newest news is is, uh, a few people got a benefit from a, a recent Supreme Court decision named Johnson. So people were excited watching, I think from here, three or four people... Uh, within days of that decision uh, We're able to leave prison and go home So that, you know Kind of made a whole lot of people here hopeful And all that And I think it's starting to wear a little thin But there, there's still uh, quite a bit of excitement You know, behind that You know, that people get to see the success of others and, uh, and many of them get hope That, you know People that are here, like me Serving sentences that Virtually anybody will agree Does not fit the crime but we're we're stuck here nonetheless, hoping for something to change. Craig, sure, uh, sure. In the
3: interview with Randy, uh, that was one of my questions to him: whether he felt, uh, uh, as I feel, that marijuana itself uh, was no subs- no dangerous substance, and any involvement we might have had with marijuana, we really didn't consider. It to be a criminal thing that would, or a a thing that was hurting people at all. What are your What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I agree, and uh, I, if I'm right, there's a whole lot of research that alcohol is actually a stronger drug than marijuana. And one thing I do know is that people that are seriously addicted to alcohol, that are serious alcoholics. If you cut them off cold turkey from alcohol, they can die. Now, marijuana, even a really avid smoker, if they just quit smoking, they're not going to die.
2: <laughs> no, they're just going to get really irritated from not having it. Or sick if, if they use it for medical reasons. They could, they could get sick and die if, they, if it's here in their cancer or something.
0: Right. Now, I believe back during the prohibition, there was uh, some medical alcohol, but I'm not sure what they use medical alcohol to treat. <laughs> but of course, there is some science now that shows that marijuana is, is you know, very effective in medically treating seizures and I believe some like glaucoma conditions and I mean that there's a handful of things that marijuana is shown to, to you know, actually be a viable treatment for. Um. I. I uh, I can't think of that for alcohol.
6: But
2: Craig, we have, we have um, somebody out here in Washington. He's, he's an activist. In fact, he's got many letters signed for you. He, he comes to our table, and he even lets us get um, letters signed at his table. But his name is Jared Alloway. And Jared has launched a campaign across the United States of T-shirts, and he makes stencils, and the stencils say marijuana is safer than alcohol. And he even sent one to the President of the United States. Uh-huh. But people around the whole country is wearing his T-shirts that say marijuana is safer than alcohol.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. And uh, I don't know if there's ever been a person that's been in prison for life for alcohol. No. <laughs> 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 the days of the prohibition, I don't, I don't think the, you know the, uh, the rum runners and all that. I, I don't, the, the bootleggers. I don't think they face life in prison. But I know back in those days you could face the death penalty for burglary. But yet they did not give life sentences, not not to my knowledge at least, for alcohol. But yet here we are.
6: This call is from a federal prison.
0: Here we're serving life sentences without parole for marijuana.
3: Greg, I'm curious. Did the judge, when he rendered the sentence for your accused crime, did the judge say that there were any victims
0: he specifically said there were not, and he even uh, uh, pushed that, uh, as did the uh, probation officer, that there, you know, that that there is no victims. That there was nobody, you know, that was even hurt, you know, or threatened as a result of the distribution ring. They said I was part of. So not only did uh, was there no allegation that somebody was harmed by using marijuana. There, nobody even alleged that there was any harm in, you know, trafficking marijuana. It, you know, some other drugs, especially in our inner cities, um, have a terrible reputation of underlying a lot of gang violence and things of those nature. And uh, be honest, I've I've never heard of that for marijuana. So synthesis wow. You you're you were
3: accused and given a life sentence. But what the judge himself And the
0: prosecutor himself said Is a victim of Yep there, there was There was no victims no, The judge couldn't point to an evil That he was remedying His only comment in sentencing Was uh, saying I'm giving you A life sentence because that's what the Guidelines said and the guidelines are the law And that's what it is And that's pretty much where he left it Wow. I'm going to repeat for
3: the listeners listening, and, it, and it's a theme that's going to sound, going to bore people that are going to hear it from me so often, but you have said exactly what I've encountered with every marijuana offender that I've done time with. There are no victims. There are no victims. So Craig Cecil, accused of something he didn't even do, is doing a life sentence for a crime in which there were no victims. How absurd!
0: And a majority of marijuana, or a, a, a majority of Americans now favor the decriminalization of marijuana. So I'm in prison for a crime that most Americans don't even want to see as a crime any longer. Well, that's the second beat so <laughs> you know what that means. And uh, I just want to thank you people for putting out the, the attention to our cause and especially uh, marijuana is safer than alcohol. To, to get the message out there, have people look at marijuana for what it is. It's not a terrible crime that should land people in prison forever. It's, you know, it's a drug to many people and it's relief to many other people.
2: Wow. Well, we love you, Craig. We love your sacrifices. Thank you for sharing. When Craig is gone. Um, that is Craig Cecil, serving his thirteenth year of his life sentence. Who, if they found out he was calling into our show, they could put him on lockdown. But he risks that every week to call in because he wants his voice heard. So, please help Craig get in his voice heard and share this show everywhere you can, so that people can hear what's what's going on behind bars. Um, now, our next guest is not only one. that,
7: but
3: but he puts his own money down uh, to, to 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 come to us on the telephone. It's all Craig's money he's making in Unicor, you know, making the miserable wages he makes.
2: Yeah, I think he makes um, like 50 cents an hour, and he's getting paid more than most prisoners. Well, okay. you um, our, our next guest is George Montorano, but George has not called in yet this morning. Um, Eugene said that earlier that he was riding horses this morning.
3: Yeah, that's what he told me. He'd be, right, he'd be thought, calling from from the horse he was riding. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to bringing him on, Christian, because he's doing so many things uh, out there in Philadelphia. Uh, he'll come on and tell us, but one of the things he's doing uh, uh the schools, local schools, are using George to help uh, bring f- uh, kids, in fourth graders, back and forth to school. You know, and no, no, here's no. a here's a man, Christian. Here's a man. I, 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 George is my my brother. He's a close friend, so close. And I tell you, I know the man intimately, and he, there's not a violent bone in his body. And apparently, here's a man. That, they they put a white in prison for thirty three years and he gets out and he's safe enough that the local school system is using him for kids.
6: Wow, yeah. Right.
2: Um yeah, he's he's very impressive because for thirty three years he was in prison he wrote books and poems and was a real inspiration to the other people in um prison. And you know, I and I know it's it's kinda of tough to say this but Sometimes I think that, like your sentence and George's sentence, and um, the sentence of those people that help others behind bars, is maybe meant to be not because of you guys did something bad, but because other people need your guidance um, on the on, on the what does what does um, George call it the fourth world or the third world? Yes, he calls it the, the fourth world, world.
3: Beyond, <laughs> beyond the third world. Yeah. Uh, You know, Christy, you raise an interesting point. Uh, Even in the worst situations that you're in, you must look for the good, and you must be as as productive as you can be. And even, you know, uh, uh, people like George and myself would teach extensively, many classes and things, mentor kids, younger uh, people and so on. And, uh, you know, even, even on, on our release, our release, if you notice, all the, all the people we're invo- who are involved with our movement who have been incarcerated are, are avid advocates for changing the system. They work at trying to help, uh, help individuals. But, of course, even more than that, Christian, i gotta, uh, I, I got to say this, that the, the advocates like yourself – and Mindy and others who haven't done any prison time are wonderful people, just because they're trying to help uh, people incarcerated for for marijuana. I think that's that in itself is a miracle. It's it's and it's a yes, wonderful sure. thing to see.
2: Well, Eugene, while we wait for while we wait for George to call in, Mindy's going to come on and she's going to give us an update about one of her prisoners. But first, real quick, I want to read this message. Um, it was sent to me by Aisha Bascaro, her dad Antonio, which is, you know him by Tony. He's a close friend of yours in prison. He's been in prison for 36 years for cannabis. He is a Cuban war hero, and he's very he's very looked up to by his fellow people in his country. But his daughter wrote us this message, and she said, a sad day for our family. My father's lawyer assigned by the Clemency Project, has given up on his case because he says that while he believes that my dad does deserve clemency, he is unable to handle the case due to lack of experience, time, and resources. It was just too complicated for him. Now what do I do? If we get to the end of the line, if we can get, get to the end of the line to get another lawyer assigned, my father will not have a chance before Obama leaves office. I welcome any ideas. And then she said, please mention, excuse me, this on your show tomorrow. And Aisha's been a regular guest on our show advocating for her father. And after 36 years, something like this just should not be happening. Um, Eugene, I know you're really touched by that, um, but we're going to bring Mindy on. She's got an update about Farrell Scott. Um, So we're just going to do a couple prison outreach. After she's done, I've got another one. And then... um, we're hopefully we'll be able to go to our guest um calling in after the, after that who's gonna be Billy Beacle.
6: Um good morning Mindy. Good morning guys, how are y'all? Good morning Mindy. We're missing you. Um well, you know, I'm uh, I hear uh Aisha's message about her dad and that's really discouraging and on the flip side I got a message from Farrell Scott that says that um, the Clemency Project 2014 has picked up his case um, and have sent a petition to um, the pardon attorney on his behalf. So, excuse me. Wow. Along with that, the prosecutor in his case wrote a letter stating that he he feels that Farrell should be released and that the sentence is too long. So he has the support of a prosecutor, and he's got his um, his request in. And if anybody out there would like to write a letter in support of Farrell Scott, I am in contact with his attorney and forwarding all the letters to his attorney to be um, forwarded on to the pardon office. Um, so feel free to get a hold of me. It's Mindy Hunt on Facebook or um Free Farrell Scott has a Facebook page as well. Um, you can also reach out to Sherry Sicard, and she has access to Farrell's case and his letter as well. So um, his case is moving along, and now's the time to be letting the pardon attorney know that. Um, so I just wanted to get that out there.
2: Well, let's, let's talk about that for a second. So while we're advocating for him to get letters, we've been advocating for quite a few Prisoners to go through this clemency project and be able to be freed by President Obama. In fact, we have two of two people coming on our next two guests were freed by President Obama. One of them, Billy Deacle who, you know, hundreds of letters have been have been um, generated by Billy DeCo across our nation. Specifically, we have also put um, got some letters for him, and so that's that's why we believe these letters really help, and that they can help all of our prisoners. So. You know, to, to get on there, write a letter for Farrell Scott, it's going to go a long way because we do believe that when the pardon's attorney sees all these letters and then the president sees them, it, lead, it,
6: it can lead to pre- freedom. So um, it also, uh, these letters- it's also just important for the family and the prisoner, to, you know, getting a stack of letters saying we want that person free, even if it doesn't have a direct effect on their freedom it has a huge impact on their 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 mental health and their um, their knowledge of the support they have it's it's a tangible item that shows that all these people really care so even if you're one of those naysayers who don't who says oh writing that letter isn't going to matter to the president okay well it matters to somebody though and the person that matters the most to is our prisoners so i just There's a zillion different reasons why to write that letter.
2: Yeah, also we've got um, a good friend of both of ours, Mindy, is um, Angel, um, Pierre. I think that's his last name. But um, he's also getting accepted by the Clemency Committee, and he's got assigned an attorney as well. So he's going to need letters coming up. But um, I want to bring him up because he – and we probably won't hear from Stephanie, but – Stephanie's uh, Freedom Grow helps prisoners, and he just got a hundred dollar gift from Stephanie, so um, he may, you know, he's just thankful. So that's another prisoner um, that Stephanie's helping. So you may or may not hear from Stephanie later. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, um, you can go to freedomgrow.org and you can make a donation to to her group. It's nonprofit 501c3, and she will load it on prisoners' commissaries all the prisoners that we have talked about right now get direct help through this program. So um, if you want to help in a financial way, please go to that website and donate and she distributes it um, to all different prisoners, but these prisoners specifically have been helped. Um, So if you want to help them make a donation, Um, we're still waiting for George to call in and he has not called in yet. So maybe he'll want to call in towards, at the end of the show, or if not, um, we probably just say, hey, he's, he's enjoying his freedom on a horse this morning. Now, we're waiting for Billy Deacle to call. Yep. We're waiting for Billy
3: Deacle to call. Christian and Mindy, I just want to say, make, make one comment that is in my mind that I really got to say. When we talk about letters, and when we talk about advocacy, like we're doing the radio program, Reaching out to prisoners, sending them money—the cosmic effect of that—and this is a this is a wild kind of thought. But I want—I think it's reality. Something happens in the co- in, in in the cosmic sense, in the overall sense, when these things are happening. You know, you, let's not only think directly. Oh yeah, and you know. People see those letters and so on. There's something that's nudged in, in in the world when people are trying to do good and help other people. That in itself, that in itself, is is a positive thing, a very positive thing. I think Billy's getting ready to call in, girls. Uh,
6: Hello. But I haven't I haven't oh, seen I haven't seen Billy yeah, pop up on the board me. yet. But... Gonna, while,
3: while you girls are talking, I'm going to get on the other line. He's calling me.
6: Okay. Okay. Uh, Chris, oh, I, mean, he's I think wrong. Eugene's really. Oh we'll get him back here in a minute. But I do think that um, Eugene's right that um, it's easy to get discouraged sometimes when we don't see because we write letters on behalf of lots of prisoners and only a couple of them. Have gotten out, and it sometimes feels discouraging. But on a universal, cosmic level, he's absolutely right. And the uh, community that's being built to help these prisoners—it's like its own little social network—and with the prisoners involved too, they're all they're all connected to each other all over the country, even when they don't know each other because of what we all do, mm-hmm. and because we're
2: I agree, Mindy. I agree. It's brought a lot. Brought in. It's brought. It's bringing the war to a close. Is what I feel like.
6: They're completely floored when they get that gift from Stephanie. That somebody that's never okay. met them would, would would. People actually donate money to give to people who are in prison. I mean, when you think about it, prisoners are are considered the lowest of the low. I mean, you know, prison guards treat them, you know, most of the time, you know, like. They're just convicts. They're just inmates, you know. Uh, they're just yep, a number. For sure. So for anybody else out there to care enough to send money to just a convict or or whatever that that makes means the world to them. For sure, for sure.
2: Well, we've got um, Billy Deagle. Eugene's trying to get Billy Deagle on. And Mindy, what? Let's talk about Billy for a second because he was just basically granted clemency from President Obama just recently so you know when we talk about letters and we hustled our butts off for about five prisoners and one of them was billy and we did get quite a bit of letters signed for billy um and now now he's free so if you i take the you letters
6: person, we got, we got sign- eugene back on yes billy's okay, calling call in eugene.
2: right
3: now we're going to have billy okay, on okay. In, in, a, in a moment
2: Okay, and Mindy, you take the 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 letters we got signed, you take the letters that Sherry Sicard got signed, and you take the posters that people held, and you take all that, and then now we've got a free man who President Obama thought that he does not deserve to be in prison for the le- rest of his life for cannabis um, and he's on the Mindy, I think it looks like she's screening his call right now. Eugene, did you ever think that Billy would be um, able to join us because he was just freed not too long ago?
3: Oh, I think it's, it's the most wonderful thing in the world. Every time one of my friends has something like that happen. And, yes, for, listen, for the listener's knowledge, those letters do mean something and do work. I can't say well, it anymore. Mean, we, anymore.
6: Did, we did get Billy. He's, he's waiting on the line. Here we go. This is our recently free to hear hero, Billy Deacle. Good morning, Billy.
8: Good morning. How are you? Good morning, oh, we're Billy. We're good. We're good. How, How are you? Good. I'm. Oh, I'm. I'm good too.
4: Uh,
3: Billy, give us. A, <laughs> yes. Give us a ahead, few, Give us some thoughts about what freedom means to you.
8: Well, it, it means everything. It is everything. That's, that's a natural way that people are supposed to live. They're supposed to live free. And uh, as you all, you know and, and Randy and, and George and all that we have been living uh, the way we have been living is not the way that uh, it was intended for man to live, and that is in a cage. For 26 years, you were in prison? <clears throat> well, I was uh, arrested and incarcerated on September twenty seventh, 1990. I was released from BOP custody April the 5th, 2016. So that's almost, wow. I'd say that's uh, 25 and a half. It round up to
9: 26. How's it feel that you're
2: how does it feel that the president me? of the United States? How does it feel that the president of the United States granted you clemency?
8: Well, I think it's the most wonderful thing that's uh, uh, that could happen to someone that's in prison, and it's I don't have anything but admiration for uh, President Obama to do to have the compassion to look into the prison system and see. There are a lot of people in prison who were nonviolent, who were just involved in what I call a consensual crime. Now I knew I was breaking the law, and I knew that I might go to prison, but I had the I was doing it for uh, financial gain, not to hurt anyone or to uh, you know be violent or anything, and I felt like you know the people that I was dealing with. Everybody was there on their own consent, as opposed to a violent crime or a robbery or you know a bank robbery or a home invasion. People are not consenting to those things, and so I felt like <clears throat> that. How could I get more time than as much uh, sentence as and more than uh, people doing violent crimes? It, it 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 blew my mind. To to get the sentence that I got
3: Billy I'll be more direct Uh, The observation That everybody who's coming On the air is making and that we know Is That in every Incident of a marijuana A a, a marijuana sentence That there is No victim There is no Victim and you give but me how,
8: your thought. I have to I have to agree with you there because uh uh the people that are going to prison are actually the victims if you're going to say there's a victim and their family because they're, you know it's 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 unbelievable that you could go to prison at all especially for the rest of your life over Somebody smoking a joint. That's all that's all they're gonna do with pot anyway. Is is uh you're gonna smoke a joint. So you know, whose business is that other than the person that wants to smoke
4: it.
3: You know. I can't agree with you more. You put it you put it so elegantly, Billy. Thank you. Billy tell tell us about your family. Tell us about what's happening in, in now that you're a free man with your family
8: well uh my wife has uh i have is the most wonderful girl in the world we were we were married on uh february twentieth nineteen seventy one and she has uh stuck by me and took care of the 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 family and held the family together and i cannot uh say enough about how how much i admire her for what she's been through. And, uh, I'm telling you That's what, so I, uh, I was, I was very lucky. I, I, I got the right girl. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she, uh, uh, I'm, I don't deserve her as, you know, I think she didn't really deserve what she got from me, but I'm really, uh, uh, I'm really, uh, happy. And, uh, and, and she's, she's, uh, She's number one in my book because of what she done while I was gone, and uh, with the family and all that. And and uh, you know, you just can't say this. that's that's that was one in a million too, right there. That was like winning uh, clemency or the lottery uh, on its own, right there.
2: Just oh, so sweet. I'm so happy your wife stayed by your side and stayed with you. That was like a perfect ending to a nightmare of a, of a
6: story
3: uh yes, under, how about how about your, your you have any children or mother brothers tell us about your family
8: well uh mom passed away in nineteen uh ninety nine dad in two thousand and three uh i've got two daughters
7: uh
8: who uh i miss their graduation from high school i miss their graduation from college i miss their uh uh Getting married, I missed the birth of their children and and all that, but I'm back with them now, and I'm in. I have a 17 year old grandson, and I'll see his graduation. And I have a seven year old granddaughter, and uh, it's just wonderful to be, uh, you know, in their lives, rather uh, than in a vest room.
3: Uh, <laughs> Billy,
8: how uh,
2: are you? From prison to Excuse the me? free world. How how are you adjusting from prison to the free world? What what do you think about the differences in in the world since twenty six years ago?
8: Well, everything's different. I mean, you know, it's it's there's a lot of changes. The little town that I grew up in has grown a lot. Uh the intersections have changed, the buildings have changed, this, that and the other. The people that I've known before, uh, I a lot of they come up to me and, they, and everybody's been very positive. They said they can't believe. They said that you got a real bad deal. We can't believe they done that to you. It's time they let you out and all this. And a lot of these people I don't even recognize because there's, there's so much time has passed. And, and uh, we had a... Uh, they had last Saturday a uh, welcome home with some of my old football team and my classmates and all that had a had a little welcome home party for me and that was really great to see to see uh, a lot of people I haven't seen since uh, the late sixties early seventies and uh wow. were friends and, and and you know went to schoolmates and and stuff like that and that was uh, that was I think that was really really nice that they'd done that yeah i enjoyed it well i understand
3: well, you're not you're not flying airplanes now but are you drive i i understand the word is that that you you're a locomotive driver-
8: well <laughs> what i'm doing i've got a uh, a job uh at a company that I had worked for a long time ago briefly, and a good friend of mine is uh a high a pretty high in the company, and and in fact, the founder of the company, I uh, knew back in the 70s, and had uh, flew him around a little bit. And it's uh, they sent a letter off with the, to the clemency people, saying that should they give me clemency, that they didn't have for it, they had a job for, it. and they well, they were just as good as their word. As soon as I got out, or got clemency, they put me right in <clears throat> right to work, and. Uh, so that that was good and I have I've, uh, seen all the owners and spoke to them and they have congratulated me and everything and I've uh, like I say I've got steady employment and uh, even though I'm 66 years old now I will uh I'm going to work as long as my wife's working and she says she's going to continue on until she works for the school system and she's going to stay in working with the school system until our group evacuates. And when she retires, then I'll uh, I'll retire and start on my social security.
4: Wow. Okay.
3: Right.
8: <laughs> that sounds. Like that's the plan. Have have you, had, anyway. have you had any
3: Have you had any desire to fly an airplane again?
8: Well yes, I have and uh I it's, it's not overwhelming desire or anything, but a, uh my um uh, my uh, uh brother's son is a lawyer, a real estate lawyer, and he has a friend who is a uh uh has a collection of airplanes. He's apparently he's quite uh, well off financially and uh he's invited me to go over and uh fly with him. But uh so far, I haven't been able to make it, but uh, <clears throat> I plan to hopefully soon. And you know, it's uh, the flying is uh, that's that's a love of mine uh, and everything. But it's something I've done without for quite a while, and uh, it's, there's no big rush to get back in there.
2: Uh, Billy, have you got used to technology? Have you had a chance to work a computer? And what about a cell phone? Are you are you getting used to a cell phone system?
8: <clears throat> Well, the cell
2: phone—I'm learning a little more day by day.
8: I've got one of those iPhone uh, sixes, which is—you uh, know—it's—it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, who would have thought anything like that back uh, <laughs> whenever I got arrested? You know, the, the, uh, um, the all the technology—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, uh, it's wild. But I'm—I'm uh, I'm adjusting to it and. Uh, I'm looking at it as an, an adventure. It's, uh, you know, uh, I've, uh, I can, uh, I've, I've, I've been adaptable. I feel like I'm adaptable to whatever comes up, and uh, Gene can attest to that. Uh, from where we've been and the places we've been, that you've got to be adaptable to survive.
3: Now, Billy, I'm just, I'm just curious. Are those grandkids helping you with, with the technology? <laughs> My
8: my seven-year-old granddaughter. uh, If I get stuck on something, she she straightens me right out. (laughs) (laughs) I've had more trouble with the with the with the television remote than I have the telephone. Really, I mean. uh...
2: (laughs) Did they have remotes when you went into to prison?
8: Well, they weren't complicated, let's put it like that. If, uh, we, you know, you have uh, a handful of channels in a remote that on and off, up and down, and like that, but now I can mash the wrong button on the remote, and uh, it'll take, uh, you know, I'll never get it on. <laughs> <TV>,
7: wow.
4: <laughs>
3: Billy, how about how about your thoughts on the people we left behind, the friends of ours, that are still doing time?
8: Well, that's uh, that, that's a uh, heavy part in my heart because, as you know, there are many, many good people, nonviolent people, who are doing draconian sentences for the and and they deserve to be out just as much as we do. And uh, why, uh, hopefully, that what President Obama has started will continue on with the next president. Uh, and hopefully, he wipes out most, you know, gets everybody out that, that deserves to be out. Now, I understand that society has to have laws and society has to have police and prisons to put the lawbreakers in and all that but a nonviolent person dealing in a consensual crime, a marijuana crime is just, there's no way in the world you're supposed to take his life from him. You're giving a, it's a a slow death sentence is what it amounts to. If, If you're executed, it's over with. But then if you're, you have to stay there until you die, you've got misery every day. And, uh, Luckily, uh, President Obama uh, agreed with my clemency request that I had an undeserved sentence, and and he straightened it out. I wish it would have happened earlier, but it's better, like they say, better late than never. Millie, let, let me let me ask you a
3: question uh, concerning incarceration and a life sentence, and I, I'm kind of setting you up on this. But how do you how do you feel when you're doing your sentence? What's your thoughts in prison? Do you think about the you're going to get out or not or what 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 thoughts go through your mind?
8: Well, with me there was always hope. And I know as long as there's life there's hope. But I was very well convinced from watching how you know, living the prison life and all, that they have no problem letting me die in prison. And it, uh, uh, it didn't seem like the people that we are, were around, uh, you know, I'm not talking about the uh, fellow inmates, but the staff, the, uh, the government employees, it, they, were, they were good with it. Whether, whether they agreed with it or not, that was their, you know, they were doing their job. And that was that was that was it, and we uh there i've you know said, well, they don't have any problem with me dying in here. I can see that, and i uh was just like I say just lucky to to make it, and I hope that the other people with these kind of sentences for our kinds of crimes can make it too, because this uh it's it's crazy for the taxpayers to even be spending the money on what they're doing because these people that are, you know, I you're not a danger to society. I'm not. Randy's not. Uh, and as a whole, Andy Cox, uh, uh, Dickie Lynn, people like that. You know, you know them well. They're uh, they're they're not uh, dangerous people. They wouldn't harm anyone.
3: I I had the benefit of talking to two uh, guys I knew very well, friends in prison, uh, because of your being able to reach out to them, give them my phone numbers just just the uh, last day or so. Ron uh, uh, Farah and Dicky Lynn, two individuals with no violence in their lives, it couldn't be couldn't ask for better people in the world, Billy. And uh, you know what? My question I have, and I like your response to it. My question always is: uh, What are the laws for? Are they are they to give jobs to people, or are are the laws supposed to be to protect us us from violence and from disturbing aspects of life? And of course, uh, marijuana doesn't fit any of those bills. What are your feelings on that?
8: Well, it's, uh, they say if you, it's public safety is what the pris what their object is. But it appears that they have created an industry instead of the justice system. It looks to me like it has turned to a justice business. And then they you know, they, uh, uh, have it's like uh, the the private prisons they have got so many people off of these drug crimes non uh, these consensual crimes in prison that it is they they filled them up and they're now they're hiring people to make prisons to put more people con, uh convicted of consensual crimes in. It's like the uh drug uh people are the low hanging fruit and the easy ones to get and they're uh filling the, the prisons up and they're they they've got another new industry that's uh, the private prison or prison for hire is what I call it and hey but you you can buy stock in it uh you can buy uh uh you know they the, the government guarantees them an occupancy rate. Which is interpreted as to a profit So How can they lose um, uh, That, uh, As far as I'm concerned Anytime that your business is Dealing with human beings That's how you're making your money it, it's, it's modern day slavery Legalized modern uh, day Billy,
7: slavery
2: sir, Billy my father He died in a private prison um, Shackled to a bed Because cannabis is federally illegal and, um, if basically I feel like if you can't work for them, they will let, just let you die if, if you're not, if you're not capable enough to help them generate profits. But, um, we've got our next guest coming on the line. Um, the next interview is going to start in a few seconds, Billy, but I want to tell you a couple things. Um, you, while you were in prison, you were not forgotten. Um, I, I have part of a few different groups out there that have brought, tried to bring a lot of attention to you and your case and get your story told and get letters to generate to the pardons attorney to get to the president and I just want you to know that we help you because we believe in your sacrifices and we believe that you're a hero to us and not for one second did any of us uh, feel like your time was wasted in prison or anything like that we feel like it's a gift to our our nation that you spent all those years in prison um so I want to thank you for your for your um, sacrifices. Well, I appreciate um, that,
8: and believe and that, me, when we when we got letters from y'all and everything like that, it it was noticed by us, and and, and we we really we really uh, appreciate everything that that was done on our behalf, and and, and that's why I'm, anything that I can do, I want to contribute my part to help the the people like Gene said that we left behind.
2: Well, that's why I want to thank you for coming on our show, because for our listeners to hear your voice they hear the voices of the voice, of the voiceless. So that's what I feel like you guys are, are, are voices for the voiceless now, that you are, have your freedom, and now you can tell people what's going on in there. And it's, it's amazing to hear you, your voice. It sounds so incredible, and it's just a breath of fresh air for us to all hear. Um, our next guest, though, um, Billy, has something in common with you. His name is Chad Latham, and he was just recently pardoned. Um, the same time you were by President Obama, I believe there was I think three or two or three cannabis um, prisoners on the list of 69. One was you, and one was Chad Latham. So um, he's going to be our next okay. guest. But I, yeah, I just want to know: Is there any final thoughts you would like to give our listeners before we, um, or Eugene as well, before we close this interview? Well, this is
8: this is it. You you put the thought in, in, in my head there. You said that. Uh, about y'all were the voice for us before, when we when we were in prison, and I say now I'm out of prison. Me uh, and a lot of my friends, and I don't have a lot of money to give to a, a politician to try and influence his thoughts or anything, but now I'm I do have a voice still, and I'm will be glad to use it in for the for our effort anytime <laughs> I need to. Any, at that's any cool. The name of our
2: group is. That's cool because the name of our group is Voices of the Cannabis War. So <laughs> we love you. We love you. We love you, all right. Thank you. Thank, you, thank so nice. you
8: for having me on and giving me this opportunity and all your help.
3: And I just want you to Jesus. end it by saying I'm, I'm proud to say Billy's my friend. He's, he's a wonderful person, and a wonderful human being. Well,
8: we've met a lot of good Aww. people in, in prison, haven't with Jean? Yes, we, Gene? Yes, we a lot of
4: character. Oh, yes, okay, we man. did. All right. Oh, that's so Thank,
8: sweet. thank bye,
2: you,
8: thanks,
2: Billy. Billy. Have and, a good day. Thank y'all. You too. Bye bye. Bye. All right, that was Billy Deagle, just recently freed by President Obama after 26 years of incarceration. Um, Billy was—we uh, didn't mention in the interview—but he was also a Marine who served time for our country. Um, so he's a hero like crazy to all of us our next interview is going to be with somebody by the name of chad latham chad latham is from tacoma washington where i'm from um, so hopefully chad gets involved in our uh, movement i'll be able to show him around the seattle area and all the all the other activists and be able to take him to the hemp fest and uh, mindy from portland oregon was was a huge advocate for chad Um, She's brought Chad's name up dozens and dozens and dozens of times on our conference calls um, before he was freed. And so I'm going to bring Mindy on because she is a huge fan of Chad's. And we're going to bring Chad Latham in. He was, I believe, freed by President Obama during his 11th year of incarceration. So we're going to say good morning, Mindy, again, who is the producer of the show. uh, Good morning, Chad Latham. How are you today?
1: Good
10: morning. How are you? I'm doing very well.
6: Okay, i got to wow. tell you, before, before we go any further, it's Latham. It's my yep. fault that you think it's laughing, <laughs> Latham, because I'm the one who started it. But I know that it's actually Latham, so I want to throw that out there.
9: That's true. That's true. Okay, cool.
6: <laughs> so, Chad, I've been um, seeing you, so, me and Mindy both have been seeing you on our local news lately.
10: Yeah, I know. i I've, I've, It seems as though I've been fairly popular.
6: <laughs> I'm particularly I'm particularly proud of the way they interviewed you. I thought that they it was one of the few times that mainstream media they they kept it really positive. They did I didn't think that they, they really did.
10: I I really appreciated that. You know, they, they viewed the story as a positive um thing that's happened for our country and they wanted to showcase the positivity.
6: That's rare. I'm very grateful for that for sure.
10: Yeah.
4: Well, what have you
6: been doing since you got? First of all, how did you get? How did? How did your name cross the president's desk in the first place?
10: Well, let's see. Um, So I I was actually part of the first 95 that were that were granted clemency back in December, Um, and I applied for the or for clemency through the, um, let's see, what was it called? The uh, Clemency Initiative 2014 that Obama Mm -hmm. requested people to apply. Uh, because I happened to meet the six bullet points that they put out for the program. So initially um, I was working on getting uh, what's called the two-point reduction, and I went through the process of the two-point reduction and was uh, denied that. Uh, my case didn't qualify for a couple technical reasons. And, uh, you know, I had also done quite a bit of uh, work as far as uh, college and, uh, you know, Doing a lot of things to better myself while, while in prison, and uh, the prosecutors actually recognized that and suggested that I apply for the clemency program. After they denied me for the two-point reduction, and then they backed the clemency initiative, which was awfully nice.
6: So the, the people who prosecuted you helped back that petition. That you they think did. that made a huge difference?
10: Yeah, it actually did. I mean, not much goes forward in the justice system without the backing of the prosecutors.
6: So we have another... Uh, they, prisoner, have, they kind um, of pulled all the power. Farrell Scott, who just sent me a letter the other mm-hmm. day and said that his prosecutor is supporting his uh, yeah. Clemency 2014 request. So that's really wow. positive hearing yeah. that come from you that it might make Good a difference for him. For him. <laughs> yeah. So Chad, what have you been doing since he got Tacoma. out? Excuse Wait, me? Wait, real
2: quick. Was this, a, was this a prosecutor in Tacoma that backed you?
10: No, um, the... Prosecutors that originally prosecuted me weren't involved in the two point reduction case they've got a special at least in Washington they've got a special group of prosecutors that evaluate two point reductions, and so it was that group of prosecutors that evaluated and decided okay. that i was I was a good candidate for clemency
2: okay okay sorry sorry, sorry to interrupt Mindy. what was your
6: question? I just wanted to oh yeah. i just want, I was just looking forward to hearing what he's been doing since he got out
10: yeah, so you know, on a personal level, I've been I've been enjoying the outdoors again, uh, taking trips with my son to go to uh, to hike and uh, ride four wheelers and uh, go to the ocean. Um, you know, so I've been doing the best I can to enjoy some some of the outdoors, and then uh, also, you know, of course, having as many family outings as I can as I can put together. Um, separate from that, you know, I, I job searched for about uh, ninety days after I got out and had some troubles uh, finding. Work in my previous field because I'm a computer guy, and uh, I ended up uh, uh, registering for a school called Galvanize, and uh, I've been studying uh, computer programming with Galvanize for the last uh, month or so. Wow, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. that's cool. Uh, so some of our prisoners who called into the show this show this morning didn't even there weren't even cell phones out when they went into prison, so we um, yeah. were in there for eleven years. <laughs> How do you think technology changed in 11 years?
10: Well, certainly the smart the smartphone revolution happened while I was gone.
2: Um, you know,
10: but being that I was a computer guy, um, I did an awful lot of studying while I was in there and kept track of uh, what was going on in the industry. And uh, you know, I probably had at one point I probably had 15 to 20 magazines coming in a month of various technologies. Uh, and so that's what I did was I read and I studied and I kept up with things the best I could. So, you know, the uh, the whole smartphone thing was, was awesome. I was really, really happy to play with them when I got out, and I love them. They're great.
2: What um, are you enjoying the most about your new freedom?
10: Time with family. I mean, that's that's hands down family. the best, most important thing in the world right now.
2: For sure.
10: Yep. For sure. Yep. That's, you know, the the worst part about being in prison is really not doing the time itself or the experience the circumstances around you it's the separation from your family and the uh, you know when something goes wrong with them not being able to do anything about it
6: oh eugene do you have oh, any I... questions for chad or uh, mindy go ahead sorry. oh no i was just gonna I, I was i wanted to ask you a question about um about mm-hmm. marijuana so sure you were really you were really good at that at one point and um and point. you created some pretty ingenious um, um, rowing systems that mm-hmm. I personally think the industry could, you know, use a brilliant man like you. But you're still on paper. You're on probation, right?
10: Yep, absolutely. I have five years of and, probation left. Yeah, because I was granted um, a, a commutation, not a pardon.
6: So in five years, when you're finally off the paperwork mm-hmm. and it's legal all over the country – Mm-hmm. are you gonna what, what are you gonna go back to it or are you gonna stay as far away from that disaster as you know it that, that <laughs> happened in your world as possible or
10: yeah you know my, what, plan is, <laughs> my plan is to stay away entirely you know um i'm I'm really blessed in that i have uh, multiple passions um i really have i love computers i really do and um you know my career was in computers and that's what i'm gonna pursue now you know the um, excellent the you know, marijuana industry for me, uh, you know, caused a lot of pain in my life. Um, I had a good time doing it, but it was a really bad decision at the time. And um, I just need to stay focused on on computers and what's right at the moment. What's well, right. Well, your
6: uh, your determination to make sure that the president doesn't request regret his decision
11: mm-hmm. has been.
6: Um, A very powerful statement that you've you've made repeatedly. From the moment that you found out, your first thing is, is I'm not going to let any of the people that have been supporting me or that helped make this decision down. And um, that sounds like your long-term goal is to make sure that there's no way that you're going back for for weed. At least that's for sure.
9: Oh no,
10: yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm definitely done committing crimes.
2: What if it's descheduled and it's not a crime no more? You know,
10: I I absolutely support that. I you know if the, if the <laughs> they make they make you know a federal law. And that's the problem with the state of the industry at the moment is that the federal law supersedes state law, and federally it's completely illegal. You know, so regardless of whether states have passed laws that legalize it, it's still illegal in the federal system. And you know, for someone in my situation, certainly, you know, I could if I got involved with it again, I could have a life sentence. And that's just not even close to acceptable. So, you know, and it worries me so for the people that are that are currently in the industry that the feds will change their mind at some point and decide to prosecute.
2: Are you in – did were you did you spend time at Sheridan?
10: I did. Yeah, I spent uh, three years you in Stafford you- Arizona, and then seven years in uh, Sheridan Camp.
6: Kristen, so so you and know and my dad, he knows but, Chris. Uh, yeah, he knows Chris well.
10: Yeah, yeah.
6: Yeah, absolutely Chris, I my do. dad's business
2: partner, who went down for the federal versus the state laws. Mm
10: hmm, hmm. Yeah, yeah, I used to play pickleball with Chris quite frequently.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's over here great, right now. He's, he's a great guy. Federal Bureau of Prisons right now, um, just right in our area. Yeah.
10: yeah, that's a sad situation. That was really too bad they sent him up there. Time time is much yeah, more difficult in SeaTac in than it is in Sheridan.
2: It is, and he's he's feeling it rough. He doesn't like it there. It's he's been th- he's been in some trouble there. It's not yeah. a good place, but
10: nope, yeah, it certainly isn't. Yeah, yep, it's not at oh. all the camp environment. <laughs> camp camp sure makes no, it no, no there's,
2: there's no more um, there's no more playing ball and doing all that stuff. Basically, now he's working hard. He's he's building the fence and busting his right. ass. But the politics are a lot worse there. It's it's rough. It's rough, but. Um, he's getting mm-hmm. out, I believe, with it, Mindy, in September to go back to Montana
6: for probation. No, November. In theory. Yep. November, November of- is his is, uh, release date to well, uh, halfway house.
10: Well, thank goodness it's this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> and Pat, really I wanted to make sure and
6: <laughs> let you know that Piers Baker wanted me to tell you you know, send his his yeah. warm thoughts your way and
10: Well that's very kind of him
6: he's not feeling real great this week but um anyway mm-hmm. so but he says hi and
10: well hopefully and, the uh hopefully the wonderful sun we're going to have coming up will will cheer him up a little bit and he can get out and play some pickleball.
6: <laughs> yeah, that might help out a little bit. Yeah. So uh-huh. well I I personally want to thank you Chad for coming on and um no congratulations on all your success and determination and thank you. um I couldn't be more thrilled for you, and it was great seeing you on the TV, and the moment there on TV where you're sitting there with your son, and clearly both of you were about to cry, and boy, I just bawled my little eyes out. It just was Uh, awesome, so (laughs) congratulations.
10: Thank you. I I love every moment I get with him. It's really, really nice. It was too long away.
2: Eugene, do you have anything you want to talk about?
10: That about? Uh am, am I
4: still on? hmm Yeah, you're yeah. on. Okay.
3: I I know I thought I got cut off. Chad, uh yeah. uh I I just want to know uh one thing. Uh the feeling of freedom
10: when <clears throat> you get out that door, what is
7: mm-hmm. it?
10: Uh it, does, it doesn't feel like freedom when you walk out the first day. Um, you know, you're still, for me, myself, I still had uh, four months of halfway house left. Um, it's It still feels like they're looking over your shoulder constantly. You have to look over your shoulder constantly, and you, you know, have to focus on obeying the rules. You know, so it, it's a great feeling to walk out the door Um You know, to just you know, like for instance, my family was in the parking lot ready to pick me up, and it was wonderful to hop in the car with them and leave. Um, It's still, you know, it's just been a long time, and it's like I'm I'm kind of used to uh, thinking about what the rules of the prison are and how I need to conduct myself. So it takes a little while for that to go away.
3: Do you stand up for four (laughs) o'clock count?
10: No, I I, that one that one went away pretty quickly. (laughs) <laughs> Thank goodness! I was actually really surprised in the halfway house that they don't have a an official stand up count. They just they just walk around and count you wherever you're at. <laughs> that was kind of surprising. How about, how about that delicious <laughs> prison food? Do you miss it? No, not at all. Actually, yeah, I'm really enjoying the uh, real food that we have again. Uh, it's really, I man, every time I see vegetables or fruit, I grab those and really enjoy that. <laughs> That's funny.
3: A, a lot of people don't realize. They don't let Mm -hmm.
10: us have uh,
3: have, uh, fruit in prison because people make wine out of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah,
10: Yeah, you know, the one thing uh, that was kind of interesting for me after being gone for for 10 years was uh, the the first meal that I sat down to eat. um, My my family gave me, you know, silverware and everything, and I put the, the spoon in my mouth, and the spoon just tasted like this bright flavor of metal. You know, and I was that—that—that that, that was an instant shock because you know, your whole life you, you're just so used to putting silverware in your mouth, you don't taste metal at all. But after ten years of not having a metal spoon in my mouth, it tasted just like metal. You know, and that's that wow. faded after after a few weeks. But that's a you know, it kind of shows how your brain's conditioned. You know, you'd have ten years of plastic silverware, and then it switches instantly.
4: <laughs>
3: how that about, was, how that about was, colors? That was something I
10: didn't expect.
3: Mm-hmm. How about colors, Chad? Uh one of the things that affected me mm-hmm. was if I go into Kmart's or or, oh, or, yeah. or uh, and, and see just, all the bright colors what you feeling
10: yeah they're just overwhelming i mean how about just the sheer um colors are definitely impressive it feels like everyone should be dressed in the same thing um, it also feels like everyone should be men. You know, it's it's really odd walk seeing women walking around like they are. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, the the sheer the sheer volume of, of uh selection when you go into a store is just amazing still, you know. I think the first women I went walking into,
6: around as they are. That was an awesome statement, there. Yeah, well, it's,
10: you know, I mean, <laughs> it's so long, so long, you just never see women at all. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there's, they're everywhere.
6: <laughs> that would be so weird. i it, it, uh, That would be very bizarre.
10: It is strange. It just takes a while to get used to, you know.
6: Chad, oh, the sorry. women we
10: saw
3: uh, in prison, Chad, definitely yeah. in, in most cases didn't look very feminine. It just struck me to see. It was right. so nice to see ladies walking around
10: in high high-heeled shoes, for example. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Anything other than officers, Chad,
2: I have a question. Sure. I have a question. Um, being from Tacoma, I lived in Tacoma for 25 years. I just yeah. I just left Tacoma two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. In 11 years that you're incarcerated, before mm-hmm. and after Tacoma, has Tacoma changed much to you? Do you think?
10: Um. You know. I was I was born here. Um. So there, yeah, there's it's kind of like an overlay, you know. There's there's all the things that I'm used to underneath the levels, but you know, then there's things that have been built and changed since I'm gone. Um, they were working yeah, on the new bridge yeah. when I left, for instance. Um, you know, so I, I saw the structure of the, the outside structure of the new bridge, but I've never hadn't seen the new one yet, specific, you know, in person. Um, so there's the other lo- lots of new lot building. There. businesses have changed. Yeah. Uh, I f- I five's changed quite a bit. Uh, Highway sixteen yeah,
2: the... Did you see yeah. the art? Oh, the art thing was probably there before, and the car, big car thing.
10: It was the you car know, I love, and the um, I'm, I'm actually riding the train back and forth to Seattle each day now, and I'm on the at the South oh, Tacoma so station, cool. which which didn't exist there before. You know, so there's, there's definitely <laughs> right, right. So you know, there's definitely quite a few cool. changes. Um, I, I love them though; they're great. You know, the the city city moves cool. on, things change. That's part of life.
2: Right, right. Yeah.
10: Well. Yep. Yeah, certainly um, how long both, I was so. gone, though.
2: <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I'm in Tacoma quite a bit, and I do a lot of advocating. So if anytime you want to jump in the movement and go to one of these events out here or anything, let me know, and I'll get Great. you. I'll get you on stage, and you could tell your story to our to our to to our peers.
10: That sounds very nice. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. You're welcome. You're mm-hmm. welcome. You'll, you would love hanging out with us. We, we do things. Our yeah. group does Good. things all over the place. So. Good. Yeah, well, we Good. thank you for um, coming on our show, and we thank you for your no sacrifices. Problem. The whole time thank I was in Tacoma, I didn't know there was a man serving 11 years in prison for a plant. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
10: Yeah, yeah, no problem. It was uh, It was quite an experience, I'll say that.
2: For sure, we're glad you made it
6: through. have a good Sunday, Chad. Enjoy that family view. I will, and
10: thank you for inviting me on the show.
6: Thank you for
10: accepting it. Thank
2: you, Chad. All right, you guys, our next guest is Irma Alred, the great woman of the movement. She has spent 21 years in prison for our plant of a 30-year sentence, and because of the, I believe it was a two-point reduction or something like that, what, is what led to her freedom. Um, we have a show from when she first got out, a two-hour-long show with Irma in it. I urge you guys to check our archives out, um, but in the meantime, let's find out what she's been doing since prison and how she's enjoying her freedom. Good morning, Irma.
12: Well, good morning, y'all. How are y'all doing?
2: We're good. We're good. Morning. We're here with Eugene Fisher. And Mindy Griffith
12: Hello. and Kristen Floor. How are you? Hello. Hi. First of all, I just want to say, hey, how you doing?
3: I'm doing great. I'm doing... How are you doing? How are you doing I'm out doing... there in this free world?
12: Oh my God! Still a little bit on the confused side, but let me tell you something. Freedom smells delicious. Okay, delicious. <laughs> 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 There's no Des- other word.
3: Describe that. Describe that. I love that. Smells delicious.
12: Describe that some more. Delicious, confusing. The computers, they still get the best of me. Like this morning, I want to throw my cell phone to the wall, but I decided it was going to cost me a couple of pennies. So I believe I will keep my cell phone uh, along with all the misspelling and uh, whatever... Buttons. My son tells me, Mom, just go ahead and push the buttons. You can't go wrong. Well, hey, let me tell y'all. I will push the buttons to where I lock myself out. I lock myself, my son out. And he's like, Mom, how did you do that? And I'm like, well, you told me to push the buttons, you know, and I'm just going to go and try and do whatever. You know, but uh, first of all, before I get on, uh, because I can really run my mouth, uh, I do want to tell all our military personnel, thank you very much for the services. Happy Memorial Day to everybody, each and every one. And all our people that are in prison, that are our soldiers, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay? Nice. Well, and thank you
3: irma uh, your your spirit is wonderful, and by the way, I get the same problem with the, with the with the mechanisms with buttons and things. I think one of the things i've uh, my my grandkids show me irma that you don't have to have any fear; they just know exactly what buttons to push push
12: <laughs> yeah, them young, and they really know what to do. I have to look to one of them to show me a button, now I'm like, oh my God, I'm asking a little kid on how to turn this thing on. And the little kid just looks at you like so proud. You know, this is what you do. And I'm like, thank you. I go like that and I just made that little kid's day too. But it didn't make my day. I was so embarrassed afterwards. (laughs)
4: Erra,
3: I'm curious. What was the first good meal you had when you left prison?
12: Let me tell you all, man, I had all these plans. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go eat that, da, da, da. I even asked the staff, hey, where's a good place to go, like I do good down-home cooking here in Tallahassee, Florida, da, da, da. Well, when my sister came, it was my, my oldest sister, Patsy, that picked me up and my niece, Stephanie. They took me to IHOP, okay? I had no say so. You're going to go eat here because we're on a time schedule. We came from Florida all the way to Texas, and it was close to Halloween, okay? I got out October the 30th, all right? And I'm looking at all these weird people. Now, you can't understand. I've been in prison all this time, okay? They tell me fashions change, but what I didn't realize was Halloween was the next day, and I saw some of the freakiest people, and I'm over here thinking, like, what <laughs> the heck is going on with this world? And my sister was <laughs> busting out laughing, you know? But I went to the IHOP, <laughs> and, and like, like, uh, like, the. The guy before me said, When you taste that metal spoon or whatever, oh my God, the food tasted better. I had a a, a pancake. Oh my god, I had a real pancake. I had one of the best services. I had pictures with the girl, the waitress, and, you know, and she's looking at me kind of weird like, what's the matter with And I said, look, honey, I just got out of prison after a long bid. I said, I don't want to take a picture with you because you have been so good to me. We took pictures and everything. And then, I mean, eggs I, I, over easy. You don't get eggs over easy in prison. Are you crazy? I had three. Okay, not two, three. And I enjoy them too. <laughs> funny how the little things in been, life, you know. What have you been eating the most? What's
2: your what what do you crave now? Like what do you what do you what food do you what like to eat?
12: around here I'm in Texas and they have Mexican restaurants everywhere and I'm thinking like, Well you're already in Texas. You cook home cooking Mexican food at the house. Why do you want to go eat Mexican food at a Mexican restaurant? You know? So I go for seafood. I love shrimp. Okay, and every time I can, I will order them suckers. I don't care. I'm going to eat them. <laughs>
2: That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> um, what What activities have you done? Like, have you? Are you enjoying like Earth? What are you doing? Are you? I mean, what are you doing? Um,
12: outside, eating. What okay. Are you? Uh, uh, Right now, let me tell you, uh, my my way of life, okay, I started my sewing business back up again, okay? Because okay. I used to do sewing and embroidery and stuff like that, and now I've added the leather stuff to mine. You know, I got me a sewing machine. I even got me a job sewing mattress covers for these people that have this certain mattress for handicapped children and young adults, Okay. So uh, what I do is I they brought me the, the 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 mattress and I made the pattern and then I started sewing them and the lady liked them so now I sew for them crib size and uh, twin size and the twin size are, are big to me. But uh, that, that's what I'm doing right now, and uh, aside to uh, Social Security that I get because of um, the problems that I have with my brain, you know, but uh, that's uh, what I do a lot of, a lot of sewing. I don't go out in a lot – oh, oh, let me tell you all, I got my driver's license, okay? Oh, my God, <laughs> <double graduation. license. laughs> no, so I got mean, my driver's license. Congratulations! okay? <laughs> I was like so – <laughs> <years ago. laughs> girl i studied studied and studied and then when i took the test it was so easy I, I asked the girl is this a pretest? she says no you just took your test i said like what i said, "I was so nervous i did the parallel park so fast and stuff i was like oh my god i'm legal i'm legal <laughs> so i'm legal girl so did you, you know. did you drive, did you drive huh? before
2: you went to prison
12: did you drive before you went uh-huh. to prison Oh, yeah. Uh yeah. I used to drive and stuff, and we had practice and all kind of stuff like that. But while I was at prison, I had a gate pass, and I believe uh, Tallahassee is the only one that has a gate pass, and uh, you work outside the fence. And I had a truck because I had to you know travel all around the institution outside the institution, fixing anything that broke. I was responsible for repairing it and stuff, so they gave me a truck and I had a license for that and a forklift and stuff like that. but they were not legal here you know out in the in the in the public you know in society, just in prison
2: Wow. Well, yeah. so what do you think about driving? Do you like, I'm, I bet, like, being free and being able to get in the car and go somewhere is, is an amazing yeah. feeling. Well,
12: let me let me tell you all something. I mean, I can <laughs> talk about it right now and laugh about it, because let me tell you, I sold real hard and heavy, you know, all these covers that I've made. And I went and got me a car, a kind of clunker car, you know, and stuff. I didn't even make it halfway to the house, and it went out. It's sitting in front of my oh. house, not working, okay, but I got a driver's license. <laughs> How about oh. that <laughs> But I can laugh about it now, because I was, punk- girl, I was fuming. I called for <laughs> every name in the book, and I called the people the name in the book, too, you know, because they told me that it was past it. I said, like, but I didn't even make it to the house. Well, I'm sorry, it's as is. I said, okay. Well, that was an expensive lesson for me, believe me. <laughs> uh huh. Well, you got a license. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I got Congratulations. You, you got that. Wow. <laughs> I got a license, and real soon I will be able to afford a car or something. And I, But um, my sister loaned me a car to drive around because I'm fixing to go to Ohio to go visit my daughter. I got a brand-new little baby, okay, and Grandma's dying to go see that little baby. All right, so I'm going to go down there and see my daughter, you know, So my my sister let me borrow the car, so I would run errands and do this and do that. Oh, oh, before I forget, I also got a Chihuahua dog, a little Chihuahua. Oh, cute. His his name is Zorro. Let me tell you all, that this little puppy has helped me so much. It actually grounded me. It helps me. And I recommend everybody to get them a little rescue dog because you think I'm (laughs) talking crazy? No, when you get you a, a pet like that and they're part of your family, things change when you haven't had that in your life for so long. Aww. I'm Irma, there.
4: I'm curious.
3: Uh, what, what's the reaction of people uh, when they, if they find out that you've done time, that you're an ex-con?
12: Oh, my God, they, they freak out. But let me tell you, when, uh, when I was living here in Texas before, my father was a, a, a police officer and for so many years an elected official. So I was brought up with all these cops, all right, and judges and attorney generals and, I mean, politics, okay? So it's like they welcome me. I'm surprised, really, because they say, like, oh, my God, you went to prison. No, they got jokes for me now. They say, girl, you got your act straight now? And I say, like, yes, sir, I sure do. And I thank them all because they wrote letters on my behalf, you know, for me to come out because I was not like a, a bad person. I was just doing stupid things selling weed. You know what I mean? And and they look at that like, well, why did you get so much time for that? But it's like I told them that was the law, you know. And I, and come on, I did break the law. What What can I say? I just didn't think I was gonna get no darn thirty years, you know? Because I mean that's just a little bit ridiculous side, you know. But um, that's another subject. <laughs> oh, they don't they don't believe well, that I have been down for so long. I don't know why, you know. And and you know, just I don't even go out, y'all. I still got 10 more years probation, so I kind of like, my probation people, they are very, very good with me, okay? I mean, they understand that I've had a sickness and stuff, and whenever I can't go to report to my probation, they come over here to my place, you know, and and they talk to me and stuff. I, I got to say, you know, one thing, the Corpus Christi Texas probation office to me, they have been very, very good. So they say that my case is so old, the numbers don't even exist like that. It's the paperwork that I have is so old. They just, you know, they come out and they come and meet me because they say, this is Miss Hall she's been in prison so many years, and da-da-da. And they're like, wow, we've never had uh, uh, someone this old. And they, they, they start laughing, not old, as you know, but uh, old in the system, you know. So And then they see that I, I'm really trying to get ahead in life. I don't sit down and do nothing. I told them, I'm going to do something. I'm going to be productive, you know, because that, that's what you've got to do. You can't sit back and allow anybody else to just support you. You've got to go out and you've got to hustle. And I do it with my sewing and my labor. Wow! Wow,
2: Irma, you sound so happy. I'm so happy you're free. Did you let me ask you? Did you sound this cute and this happy while you were in in prison?
12: It don't matter where you're at. You're gonna make the best Aww. of it. I went through hell and back, and I still laugh at people because so you know what? I'm still alive, and I'm and I'm walking. That's something that nobody ever, ever thought that I was going to go back to doing. There was even bets over there in prison that I was not going to make it because I had three brain surgeries. And, I mean, the, the second one, like, really, really messed me up. And they were like, oh, my God, this girl's not going to walk or see again. And I never, ever gave up. And that's the thing right there. No matter where you're at, no matter what you do, put a smile on your face because somebody else is having a worse day than you are. And my son told me that one day. He said, Mom, your bed is somebody's guest. He said, so make the best of it. So I handle it like that. Otherwise, I'd be crying, but uh I'm not going to allow it.
2: Irma, that's that's amazing. You are a true inspiration to all of us listening right now and everybody. Um, I just also, when you're saying, you know, you had your brain surgeries and all that. I, I also just want to re- just remind our listeners that you also paid off a twenty-five thousand dollars fine to our government by working for you know less than twenty cents an hour for the federal government while you were incarcerated. Um. So yes, I did. Like
12: mm-hmm.
2: you, you are like superwoman. Um. I love you. I look up to you personally. Like I'm. I'm a big advocate, and what keeps me going is the strong voices of people like you, especially you. Like you you just bring such a smile to my face.
12: Um my girl, and I'm you are sure a superwoman. I I wish I had the body of superwoman. By God, I'd be dangerous right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but no you know You're so beautiful. You, you, you I was looking at your pictures. I was making
12: an image <laughs> for you and
2: I was looking at your pictures and you just look so beautiful. You're such a beautiful woman inside and out.
12: Well, thank you. Uh, I hope a lot of people come out when they come out of prison that they can uh, appreciate, you know, that they're out here and not expect somebody that somebody owes them. Nobody owes us nothing, okay? You have to go and make what you can, and you will make it. Because why? You made it in prison by God and ramen noodles and stuff. You can make it anywhere in this world, anywhere. It's just up to you.
2: Aww. Aww. Um, Eugene, is there anything else you want to say to Irma?
3: No, I think Irma said it all. Her spirit, her way of looking at life is an inspiration. Thank you, Irma. Thank you. Thank you, you, know,
12: we don't Love you. Think I'm always a happy-go-lucky gal here, you know. I mean, there's been times when I, I just want to sit down and just cry. I'll cry to my dog and stuff. But it's like they told us, that is expected because you're going through changes now. You know, society left us behind. I am so far behind times that I still am baffled about the wheel, okay? We, the wheel does work, okay?
11: But it's right. like...
12: <laughs> you just got you, you to gotta make what you can. You know, you can't allow nobody to take your happiness away no matter where you're at. And you guys are awesome, okay? There's nobody that can top you guys. You all and the Can Do Foundation are excellent people. Anybody that can oh, have, have to- the nerve. And excuse my language, but the balls to go out there and talk and and get turned down, because I know a lot of people frown at you guys and stuff, you know, that when you're saying, oh, I'm I'm trying to get this person out of prison, because in their mind, all they see are rapists and murderers, you know, until somebody in their family goes to prison, then they open their eyes and they realize, hey, these people were trying to tell us something before. And I highly appreciate yep. it with all my heart and soul for everything that all of you all do, for putting it out to the public. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: Thank you, Irma. Thank you. We do our best. And uh, we love the Can Do Foundation as well. Um, I hope you have a beautiful Sunday. And thank you for coming on our show.
12: Thank you for having me. You need anything? You're welcome. Holler at me, okay? Thank you. Okay. All right.
3: Uh, thank you and have a great day.
2: All right, listeners, that was Irma Alred who just got released after her tw- 21 years of her 30-year sentence. Um Eugene, uh, we have we 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 are in overtime, which we we knew we were going to be going in overtime when the show started today because of all these heroes that are calling in. This is like I said, a very epic show that is is just going to take quite a bit of time here, but I'm hoping we can have the show finished in about 20 minutes or so. Um, in the meantime, Eugene, we missed, we missed George earlier today. George is one of Eugene's close friends who spent 33 years in prison. George was just recently released. He calls into our show every single Sunday for Georgie's Corner. However, he missed it today because he was going to be on a horse. However, guess what? George is on the line right now um, waiting to come onto the show to talk about what he's been up to yeah. since prison Good morning, George
9: Hey, how you doing, Christian? Hi, Gene Hey, oh. how's the
3: horseman doing? Yeah,
9: sorry I'm, sorry I'm <laughs> late again
2: It's okay, <laughs> okay just, uh, than never.
3: George it, Yeah our theme, our theme is Life after life Well, tell let me tell here. you what
9: happened uh, This morning I went, went and uh, what a life I had! I just I got up at uh, dawn and run over to Ben Franklin Bridge, it's a very old bridge in Philly. And from my house to over the bridge and back is over seven miles. And then uh, I procured uh, a stable right in the city. There's a there's a few stables left. Philadelphia used to be a city of many stables and et cetera. So I went riding uh, at uh, it's called Fairmont Park, very one of the biggest parks city parks in, in America, and and actually extends into, into suburban forestry and communities. So anyway, I went, I rode not one, but two horses. And then I, I'm on my second horse, which was a Pasifino, a beautiful black Pasifino, and then I remembered the show. <laughs> so <laughs> my phone, my phone doesn't, uh, I won't, won't connect. I don't understand. So I had a gallop. I had a gallop. Uh, the poor horse, I wanted to take it easy with him, but I couldn't. I had to gallop back to the to the stable, and I jumped off the horse, and I grabbed another phone and took that number from my phone and called, and that phone didn't go through. Now, what what to do? What to do? So I had to pay a guy to actually cool the horses, two horses down. I had to cool them down. You, then you had to hose them down. And uh then I had to jump in the car and I had a race uh on the beltway to this because and the reason why I'm saying this is because you know, us advocates have to stick together not only in do but in emotion. So my emotion can you imagine that, ladies and gentlemen, uh listen to the show. I, I had a gallop a horse through uh uh this beautiful scenery by this uh, long river, and uh, poor horse. I didn't want to. T- I wanted to take it easy with her but I couldn't because I. I know I had a window for the show, so I had to race this horse and <laughs> this beautiful black horse. And then I had to jump off his saddle, pay a guy to handle him, because uh, you got to walk him, cool him down, and then uh, put him up. And uh, then I had to jump in the car and race across the beltway, and uh, it was amazing. That uh, p- like people don't understand that the individuals that uh, <clears throat> do their input and involvement with this show, how much effort and uh, you know personal life from our free life that we offer. Now you know if I didn't respect the situation, if I didn't respect you, Christian and Jean, would I would I do that? Of course not. I respect yeah. both you and the, and the listeners and. I just just wanted to share that with you. There's this guy that was in jail uh, 30 something years and he's galloping along to make the radio show. You know what, uh,
2: That means so much to me. That means so much to me. It touches my heart that you make all those sacrifices to call in, um, that you're using your freedom to think about others and you're using your voice to fight for everybody else's rights. That touches my heart. It.
6: I love you and thank you for sharing that, that means Well a lot.
9: that's the first horse That I rode two horses that I rode And the reason it's so special This is the first time I rode in Over three decades I was a vivid Horse rider and owner uh, I didn't, didn't own race Horses but I had these beautiful pleasure Horses that have all Passed away And uh, you know since my Incarceration so you know We we Being free, uh, like Irma says, uh, you know, uh, no one owes us nothing. But, but we must we must set an example. We owe we we owe to set an example because it shows it shows that. And all the guys at the stable, uh, even the women, they all they put like a gauntlet and they shook my hand because they knew who I was and they all wanted to be there to see me mount this mount my first horse. Because these are horse people, and mount my first horse after over three decades, but when I came racing into the barn, they didn't know what, what the hell, what's this guy? We thought he was okay. What is he crazy? And I jumped off the horse, and I stuck a Big Tip in this uh, the handler, you know, the barn handlers' money. I said, "Listen, cool him down, hose, put him up." I got to go do a radio show, and I just seen all these people on the dirt road as I'm. Um, pulling out with all this dust looking and said, boy, this guy must have did a hard time because he ain't all there. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
9: George, uh,
3: one of the things, one of my questions is uh, how does it feel to be back with family and friends as a free oh, man? Oh, well,
9: magnificent. Like, uh, uh, as you know, uh, the Philadelphia area, uh, you know, uh, the people majority, you know, the people that could afford it they go to the South Jersey shore. That is from Atlantic City to Cape May. You know, very, very big and some small quaint towns, okay? But then you have the people that cannot afford, uh, because it's an expense. So what I decided to do as a matter of fact as I'm talking to you, I have a barbecue and I invited all the, the neighborhood people that can't afford uh... to go down not that i can afford to throw big parties but i'm throwing a party for the people that can't afford to go to the shore and basically it's going to be about thirty forty people and i'm going to give a nice uh-huh. to them so uh, again again uh... uh... Uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen that's why we need more advocates because not only me what i do what other people do you heard armor it, that have been incarcerated. We are good human beings that our lives were just tossed away, tossed away by the misunderstanding that we were these, these monsters in the cannabis, and, uh, cannabis uh, movement, um, it, which is insane, insane. And, uh, you know, since I've been home, uh, you know, Philadelphia has, uh, uh, every Jew, Jersey's introduced to, uh, 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 recreational use, Philadelphia's ready to, uh medical use, but they're rapidly considering recreational use because, you know, the governor's got to take that tax money. And I've been getting overtures from people from all walks of life, attorneys, uh, investors. These are people that wouldn't, that wouldn't uh, spit on me because they thought I was this big drug guy with weed. Now, everyone wants to meet me. So uh, <laughs> instead of instead of being uh I'm not mad like Gene is or you, Christine, what happened to your dad, okay, Are the best our best revenge is success. And we will have right. our, our best revenge is success. Gene.
2: Wow.
3: Yeah uh, George, uh uh it, it's heartening to listen to you talk. Uh uh, if we, for the listeners sake can you tell us it always tickles me to hear your story Tell us what what's happening with the kids the school kids that you're taking to school yeah like and uh,
9: the trust uh, of the community uh, it gives was it, uh, the twenty sixth which was uh, Thursday I had to be at uh, uh, murder school at uh, eight forty five and I was uh, an escort uh, one of the escorts for two fourth grade classes. And we escorted them for a walk across town to the old federal building, where a federal judge had an oh. itinerary. It was amazing, and I had to be approved for that. You know, the principal of the school had to be approved for that. And I'm actually not only as approved as a chaperone for field trips, I am approved for certain parents. My name is logged to pick up these these children in total total trust. So in that. That happened, like, within a week that I hit the city. I mean, uh, you know, thank God that uh, my metamorphosis, when I was caged so wrongly, uh, my positivity actually overflowed out into the free world, and they welcomed me with open arms as being a trustworthy person. So, uh, again, uh, if there's anybody in the government listening to the show Please understand that you put some very good people away way too long. Jean? Um,
2: George, do I have a, a question? For I was just going to tell you, George, that Eugene had a couple of your guys' prison friends, um, Billy Deagle and Lorraine uh, uh, Lanier on the show earlier today, and they, they talked about what a great man you were.
9: Yeah, Randy. Oh, Randy is my, my brother. As Gene and and uh, and Mister Deacle we we were brothers. We because you know you got to understand the cannabis prisoner. We were different. We were uh, we were we were, had families. We were gentlemen, and uh, we did so much good in there. And uh, uh, but we had the most time. I I I I don't understand that we had the most time. I personally, I said this before on the show, I personally have done more time than the great Nelson Mandela. And believe me, I'm not comparing myself with him because he's a great man. But I did more time than he. I did more time than the, the guy that killed John Lennon. And I did more time than the person that killed, uh, Sean, no, no, that killed, shot President Regan. He, The only reason he languished more in prison, he did his time for the shooting, but he was mentally unstable for the community, and they kept bringing him up in a, uh, for reviews. But I, and, and, again, even though he was did his time and then put in a mental institution, I stood more time than him. Thank you. Where, where does, where, you know, justice, please, if anybody's listening to the show that's in, Government that has a family and government friend of government, understand it. You know, we are the people that we will want to come and speak at any place or time to understand, not not to do again what happened to us. And that's what I try to do every day of my life.
3: Gene? George, I'm just curious about one thing, knowing your case uh, and. To tell the people what can happen, weren't you tricked into believing that you were getting a 10-year sentence?
9: Oh, absolutely. And then they My gave you a life was sentence? corrupt. His name was Bob Rob, Bob Simone. He passed away. He was corrupt, and uh, he uh, he manipulated the judge. They say he was a federal judge that was. Ah. Uh, uh, you know coerced to do something for him and it made the media and then i got the i got the bad effect of all that and uh you know uh I wouldn't be on this phone talking to the show if I was the monster they they uh actually uh created uh by false documents. Uh, they wouldn't, when I first was indicted in this, this thing they created, they would have never let me out. But, you know, they realized, they realized 15 years ago into my 30-something years that it was a totally farce, a miscarriage of justice. And, you know, the worst, the worst type of cases are when bureaucracy has to bow their head and say, yes, we were wrong. But it took me 32-plus years for them. They didn't bow their heads, but they say you were wrong, and, <clears throat> and they wouldn't let me set any president. They wouldn't let me set it because they said, that, guess what? They said I became popular, too popular in a positive light. Imagine that. Wow. I did stuff that no other prisoner has done on earth, and that worked against me. And did I get upset? Mean- no, because that I understood that's human nature. Even though, ladies and gentlemen, the government, what they are, these judges and these prosecutors and these agents and even these informants, they are human beings and they have their philosophy. And what you have to do is present your philosophy and hope, and hope that they just tilt their head just a little bit in humility and say, "Okay, enough. We did enough to you." And that's what happened in my case. But meanwhile, I smell Ooh. like a horse. <laughs> Talking on his phone. Well,
2: We've only got a few more minutes left on the show, and we still got to get Tom Corby on with well, the right. Northern all right. Col- I'll See you
9: guys next week.
2: Uh, okay, uh, thank you, George.
9: All right, all right. All right. I thank shall. I shall ride off, off into first. the sunset. They'll fall off to the horse. Okay, we bye-bye. Take a
2: picture? George,
9: will you take yeah, a picture? Yeah, they took some pictures. They took some pictures. Okay.
2: Of... To All them. right, we'll get them up. All yeah. right, bye-bye. Oh, right. a and video, that... too. That would be cool. <laughs> All right, okay. everyone. That was George Juan uh, who just served a 33 years of his life sentence. So we are in overtime, so we're going to go to Tom Corby real quick from Northern California, and then we're going to go right into close after that. So Tom Corby is an activist who fights really, really hard for defendants and prisoners. In fact, um, Tom has fought for every last one of these prisoners that have called in today He's advocated for them for. He's been fighting for them as a chapter coordinator for the Human Solution International or the northern, the northern chapter of California And he knows all about court support In fact, they go to court support as much as possible So he's going to deliver us the news from the front lines As to what is going on in northern California Good morning, Tom
1: Good uh, day all. I want to thank uh, Eugene, Christian, uh, Mindy, and also a shout-out to Mike Harris. Good to sure. hear.
2: Mike is. was on hold for a little bit, too, but he had a disconnect. But we'll hear from him hopefully next week.
1: Oh, okay, good. Uh, uh, first of all, a shout-out, congrats to all red, Chad, Nathan. Uh, it's so good to hear uh, them enjoying their freedom and sharing their stories uh Did you all know there's approximately still 100 POWs in for life without role? This is incomprehensible wow. and unacceptable uh, and it's it, uh, it's a, not only a waste of taxpayer money it, it disrupts lives and family these these uh, requests for clemency and leniency, for sentencing letters like we have going for Lance Gore, going for sentencing next Friday uh, up, up there in Seattle, Washington. Uh, I'm glad to see my sister Joe Bannerpool, it's going to be there. Uh, you can contact uh, Tracy Gore. Uh, we always talk about uh, local 50 mile radius core support, is always uh, uh, applies. Uh, when you write these uh requests for pardon letters, uh I always say if you can send a letter actually write to the prisoner, uh also uh, uh a note to that prisoner, let these prisoners know they're not forgotten. Uh and uh we're 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 thinking about them and they can take the, the request for clemency or leads the his letter with their attorneys and present it to the judge. This is very important. Uh, to let, uh, I'm going to give you the number, uh, address real quick. Uh, uh, the, the Pardon's attorney, uh, Obama's pardon attorneys is at 1425 New York Avenue, that's suite 11,000, that's DOJ, Washington, D.C., 205 uh, in, in Northern California uh, we, we continue The self uh, And of course Support is so important As Christian mentioned uh, Tomorrow at 8 a.m. We have Blue James Mobley. Uh He's uh, with Medicine for Military he has a big backing Up in Shasta County i uh, going for a pre-arrayment hearing tomorrow at 8 a.m. That's uh, up ready. Reading, 1655 West Street. Uh, come for, for blue if you can. Uh, I know we're on overtime. Uh, I always point out, if there's no victim, how can there be a crime? Uh, these prisoners... Uh, these, these, these letters to prisoners are so important. Uh, mail, mail Call actually is the most important title of all. It's all they really have in there. So, uh, right a POW today. Uh, I want to thank you all. Uh, another great historical show. I uh, don't thank you, to
2: Thank you, Tom. That was Tom. Thank you, thank you Tom, very much. Tom um, believes from the hope soul that nobody should go to jail or die for a plant. So when he asks you to write a POW, a letter, I'm urging you to listen and write a POW, a letter. In fact, if you look up at the images that are going across the screen for your, if you're showing this on your, on your computer, you'll see images of, I think Richard DeLisi. Uh, you'll see an image for Jimmy Romans. Both are serving life sentences. Uh, Richard's been in there for 28 years. His address is right there. So um, that's, Cool. You can just click on that and um, hear more. Here, or it not, yeah, his image is right there, so you can write the address down and write those POWs a letter. Their addresses are, are right there. So, Or you can contact me. Um, there's a POW 420 group out there, the Human Solution, um, Can Do Foundation, uh, Lifers Marijuana Project. They all have addresses of prisoners that you can write to uh, on their website, so check that out. And we're about to go into closing right now. Um, That means that we're going to take some time out to thank our sponsors and to say rest in peace for some people who cannot be here anymore, who have served time for our plant. Um, So what we're going to do is we're going to say thank you again to CCHI 2016 for giving us the sponsorship and the platform to be able to be on this radio show to get these voices heard. Also, thank you to Mindy Griffiths as the producer of the show and all the listeners, volunteers. Please remember, um, pretty much all of these prisoners would have been saved. If the jurors would have known their true power, and that's, to be, that's not to just judge if somebody broke the law and if they're guilty of breaking the law or not, but to judge the law. And if they would have said, oh, well, cannabis is a bad law, then most of our lifers would not be there right now. And out of 11 jurors, all it takes is one to refuse to convict and to say not guilty, and that would save the life of a possible uh, life sentence for someone or even a death sentence for someone or even less, maybe a one-year Whatever the case may be, nobody should go to jail for a plant, so always vote not guilty for all nonviolent crimes. Um, Also, so right now we're going to say rest in peace um, to some people, and I just want to say that that today the topic of the show was life after. What are we up to? What are we doing? Well, when I sit there and I think about that, I think about one of the prisoners that meant the most to me and my heart, and that was my dad, and when I... I wish my dad was around right now so I could ask him the question, where are they now? Because I'd love to know where he's at now. I would love be people to talk to him. Um, I have some questions to ask him. Um, and I would ask him, so dad, do, do you have any regrets, Dad? And he'd probably say no. He'd probably say he regrets hurting the family or something like that. But personally, I I doubt my dad would have any regrets. And I'd ask him again. I'd ask him the same thing I've asked um, the prisoners i'd ask him well what what do you enjoy about your newfound freedom and i think he probably say the same thing that like eugene says and that's that he don't have the feds on his back no more so whether he had to die to become a free man or not i'm just really happy my dad isn't controlled by shackles anymore because when he died i had to take him off life support while he was shackled to bed and the months before that was just tormenting and neglecting so i could just imagine um his freedom he's feeling right now, and congratulations to my dad for his his sacrifices. Um, next, I want to say rest in peace to Gary Shepard. And Gary Shepard, you guys may know Stacy Um That's her uncle Gary. Uncle Gary was shot down by the federal government 21 years ago um, for protecting his plants during a raid, and so was Mary Jane Jones, um, his lovely his lovely love of his life, and she was she was holding baby Jake in her arms. And um, Gary died that day. Mary Jane was shot, but she survived, and she just passed away a few months ago. And baby Jake lived, and he's good, so we love them, and rest in peace to them. Also rest in peace to Jack Kerr, who uncovered all the conspiracy that the government has against our plot through a book called The Emperor Wears No Clothes. I'm going to urge everybody right now to go purchase that book. It will tell you everything. In fact, I don't even think you have to purchase it. I think, um, I think Adela from POW420 has a free copy that you can download on her website. I think it's POW420.com. Um, so check that out, and it'll tell you everything good about the plant and everything bad that the government says about it, and actually the extent they went to keep it a secret. Just please find out what we're all talking about by reading the book. Also, rest in peace to Peter McWilliams, who was on probation and couldn't have the plant. He believed that the plant cured nausea. Peter was a civil rights activist not just for cannabis but for um all other types of um i I believe gay um gay rights as well and peter um it was said rumors that he died uh, choking on his vomit so um rest in peace peter mcwilliams who left us books motivational books that can help us deal with the loss of loved ones and make us laugh and things like that we also want to say rest in peace to bill Lamonte. he was a federal prisoner working on his 20th year in prison Cannabis. He was one of Eugene's friends, and Bill died on the 4th of July in prison. Um, he had a major heart attack, and Eugene said he grabbed his chest and fell to the ground. Now, that silent voice I will never want to be forgotten, so we always have to remember Bill Lamorte for all of his sacrifices that he gave to our nation and to our movement. Also, rest in peace to Larry Harvey, who was looking at going to up to 60 years in prison as him and his whole family were facing trial for medical cannabis in the Spokane, Washington area Larry traveled to D.C. to try to get the logs changed, however in the meantime his fight with cancer failed and Larry died in the middle of the war I also want to say rest in peace to Be Young for giving us Adam, also rest in peace to Curtis Cecil who is Craig Cecil's son, Craig called in from federal prison this morning um, and while he's been in federal prison for the last 13 years, his son has passed away, rest in peace Curtis also, rest in peace to Spencer Coptis and Cashy Hyde, two little children who were using the, the plant to cure their cancer that was growing in their brains. But when their caregivers got raided, their parents didn't have access to the precious plant anymore, and Spencer and Cashy's tumors grew and grew, and the tumors eventually took the lives of these little baby children. Also, we want to say rest in peace to Bernardo Fuma Martinez, who was trying to end the war on a worldly level, trying to make the whole world... In prohibition. And also to Elaine Salmon, who is a member of the ONAC tribe, um, who, this tragedy happened in the post office, intercepted with, a cat, with the, one of her packages. Well, Elaine was really sick. Without our medicine, her sicknesses grew, and she's passed away in the middle of the war. And also, rest in peace to Oscar, who is Eugene and Georgie's friend. Um, they say, went to Oscar, went to FCI in the sky. Um, I just want to thank everybody for listening and please help us in prohibition so that nobody has to go to jail or die for a plant and so that our lifers can come home and be with their families. Eugene, or and not just our lifers, but any of our prisoners can come home and be with their families. Eugene, is there anything that you wanted to say before we play our song?
3: No, just end the program with this thought. Uh, my my website, or, or rather my, my email address is Freedom cry, and that stands for the grito de libertad that the Mexican peasants had when they got their freedom. The freedom cry we have is for for our prisoners who are are serving sentences for marijuana. Freedom cry.
2: Cool, at gmail.com. Now, next we're going to play a song. It's called No More War. I really like the song, Kushite Seeks They're a rap group in our movement, and they they rap about cannabis and stuff. So I'm going to play their song. I really love it. It's really cool. It's called No More War. Hope you enjoyed the show, and have a beautiful Sunday.
11: Man, it ain't a sport. Got these evil politicians contorting the truth, and these wicked-ass witches according the you to tell you the truth, man. Can't this. I'm losing my patience like a damn malpractice. 2012, and they still manifest in destiny. With military industry complex, style weaponry. Depriving heads of righteous men, one sipping on the Hennessy. CIA means coke in America, apparently. It's been a narco plutocracy since the 70s. Corporations profiteering, domineering everything. Radio press, news, in the media. You better learn to discern from the bullshit that they're feeding you like GMOs. From Monsanto, ringing alarm. that. Family farm so man can't grow The next man has failed to wage war upon himself. The spiritual warfare. Give them father for so they do not know. Now when I say no more, you say war. No more. No more. Hey yo, we had questions, but they blacked animals. For people revolution, like the Black Panther, because we got solutions, you yep, have to answer the cancer. But they still got it up on schedule one. Why? Because they making funds off of federal runs, selling American guns for drugs and Mexican slums, the abas in the Furious killing off our children. Time to make a standard demand, the mass is furious. Why they kids' education is ruined more. Fun spent for fire killing drones. While CNN and Patriot commercials breed human drones from home. Recording scripted terrorist training in places you can't visit. So the real plan of extinction, you don't get it. The country surrounding Israel, the holy land is now being in NWO committed. The war is spiritual, but through so the mind, the actions is how they get it. Or should I say, the strap? They say it's oil, but it's deeper than that It's just more smoke to the mirror So I radiate more hope clearer Shed tears with my peers The judgment day gets nearer So I exercise it's mightier than the sword Use a pen to paint the lines with a conscious mind the world can explore So maybe you can find out why you bring us to war Some of the most powerful things the thought that
4: it's made of men Some of the most cowardly shit Has
11: ever known shit. Blood has all disappeared, and been replaced with gunshots, body bags, cannibalism amongst our peers.
4: You see we murder our disagreements and we shake hands with our
11: enemies. We shake hands with our enemies and murder our disagreements. and put up some kind of pedestal with some sort of achievement. Being a man is not on the people you shot at how good you can fight. Being a man is one who's able to feed his family with times and tight. We are in a recession, suffering depression. depression. So lower your Bibles and load your weapons. How many times must we pray before we start losing our blessings? How many loved ones must we lose before we taught ourselves a lesson? Reach one, each one, each one, each one teach one, empower
0: And now some wisdom, courtesy of Tungus, AMPM's
2: lovable giant made of snacks.
1: People say, if Tungus wait, good thing come. That why Tungus unwrap half-pound burrito very
11: slow, very slow, very. Okay, long enough. Home. New half-pound burritos, packed with flavor and wrapped inside a warm tortilla.
2: Now at AMPM, too much good stuff. While supplies last, at participating locations.